Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for Fear the Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. I mixed up the show names. It doesn't matter. We just watched uh, season one, combination of six. The Fear, Dead, and Walking. All four of those words are in there. Yep. Somewhere. Uh, so we watched season one, episode six, and we talked about it in, in brief uh, in the instant cast, and now we're back with the full cast. Has your opinion changed after watching it? I'm, I'm sure you watched it at least two more times, right? Yes. You did? Okay, yes. I watched you, it one more time. You watched it one more time with me, and yeah. then I put it on in the background while I was doing... Uh, ah, okay. Uh, ...working on my notes for the uh, the other show we're doing today, The Leftovers, because why not? Sure. And I gotta say, it's the rare time that my in- opinion of the show, of the episode, lowered with mm. more frequent watches, because I feel like Damn. I was pretty I was pretty high. I mean, as high as I've been on a Fear the Walking Dead episode, because there's a lot of spectacle... There's, some there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of surface entertainment, but then when I went back and watched it second, third time, and really started thinking about what is going on here, like with Tuxedo Man, with the handsome soldier, and how does this fit mm-hmm. in with what we know about the character? And they're wanting us to feel this, but this is the thing that they've given us with, and it's a mess. It is a mess, and yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, if there's people there that like it because of the genre, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you, but in my mind, this is a a catastrophic failure of a first season for fear of the walking dead yeah if if your thesis was we're not going to make this the walking dead west coast edition sure if your thesis is more the walking dead only not as thoughtful and with characters you have a less connection to and with less zombies mm-hmm. then i guess it's a success but i don't know what the hell they're going to do in season two to make this more interesting yeah, I'm not far off from where you're at there. Uh, I thought the season finale, like I, I said in the instant cast, it gave me a couple things that I wanted, right? A character death and a zombie herd. Yes. It didn't give me anything else. Yes. Nothing. As a matter of fact, it gave me a lot of things that I didn't want, like massive plot holes. Um, <laughs> it, characters with dubious motivation. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like basically anything that happened in the finale. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a storytelling standpoint, yeah, I think it's a, a huge failure. Yeah, in fact, Liza, I, I, I grudgingly admire the fact that they killed off a major character and, and an actress that has uh, some chops to her, mm-hmm. and now she's got a chomp to her. But uh, again, it felt like something that they were just doing, checking a box. Like we okay. have to have a major character death, or people are going to go ape shit on the internet. Those internet people. So let's pick somebody out of a hat and boom, Liza, you're it. Because that maybe can help Chris grow up. And I mean, like I said, setting this thing on the boat next season, I'm going to check out the next, the first two episodes just to see. I mean, maybe they yeah. get the rock. Uh, maybe they get the rock and that other dude, his sports agent buddy from Ballers, and they'll be on the boat too. And this will be fucking awesome. Yeah. But I- that's kind of what it's going to take. That's the thing. Like I've been so after I saw this episode, yeah. You know that we we have people writing in telling us, "Look, you're the only reason I watch this show because I yeah. like to listen to your podcast and stuff like that." It, I've been thinking about what responsibility that places on us as to choosing what we cover. Yeah. And if if we're a part of the problem here, <laughs> I don't know that I want to cover this show. Yeah. Even though it at times is fun. It's, it's not as fun as The Walking Dead. No. It's not as fun, and it's not as thoughtful, like you said. Yeah. Well, I think, and the other thing is, like, I've been really thinking about The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, like, what if The Walking Dead had a completely brain-dead season one? 
Yeah. And how much of what I think about The Walking Dead's character development is that guys like Rick have been so far over every corner of the map character-wise mm. that about any situation you can put him in, Andrew Lincoln can have an appropriate uh, emotional response. And I'm like, okay, I buy that as a character because what would be out of character for Rick? Okay, yeah. You know, what would be out of character for Daryl? What would be out of character for Michonne or Carol? Like, mm-hmm. they've gone so... F- that It's kind of like character background by just hanging around and and having being twist you know being left to twist in the wind with the writers yeah i mean that certainly that history helps them the five seasons they've got yeah. so far um and they started off on the right foot they did yeah so i yeah i'm, I'm with you i mean it's whether we cover this next season is probably going to come down to scheduling because mm-hmm. if nothing else is against it then why not because it is kind of fun like i i sure weirdly the live watches are the most fun for me yeah, because we just literally just make fun of the show and, and have a good time and, with it, and make fun of the commercials, and it's yeah. it's a good it's it's a good good TV watching with my buddy. Maybe that's the only coverage we need of this. Right, it's something we got to think about. I I think going forward. Ooh, now that's that would be interesting. Like we just do a live watch of it, and there is no <laughs> other no other coverage. Maybe live watch instant cast yeah, combo. The that's in, so easy. Instant cast to do, is yeah. essentially just keep the power on the equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, drunkenly ramble for 20 minutes and we're done. Sure. Um, yeah, okay, so... But, I don't know. It'll all come down to, yeah, what we think of, of this going into season two, what they show us, what potential we think it has, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I want to remind people before we get into the recap proper that uh, we're probably going to record this uh, Q&A, 10 million download celebration extravaganza. Uh, if you're just joining us or don't recall, we just recently celebrated a big milestone in Bald Move history. And as is our want, we are doing public Q&A just for people to ask us whatever, to get us to talk about whatever. Um, and you can get in on that action by going to the forums. There's a sticky Q&A, uh, 10 million celebration thread going. Or you can send in emails to QA, not QNA, QA at baldmove.com. And we're probably going to record that next week. So you got you got a week left to get in on it. Okay, cool. Recap time, Yeah. Yeah. So we open up with, uh, I thought it was a fairly effective opening, and the first 15 minutes of this show, 15, 20-ish minutes, are kind of just, from an entertaining spectacle standpoint, successful. Mm -hmm. And it opens with kind of very mournful music over a moonlit L.A., large sections, whole blocks are on fire. Uh, It's mostly dark, or just points of lights, you know, where people are having candlelight dinners or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And Team Goodman is bugging out. Because without soldiers protecting this place, this whole safe zone is bullshit. It's a zone, but it's not safe. Uh, Daniel's about to dispatch the handsome soldier because he's told them all the useful information. And he starts going on a song and dance about how they should spare his life. Because, you know, quite accurately, they don't know where their family is being held in the hospital zone. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't know the best way to get in and it's out of the place. Apparently, a labyrinthian nightmare. <laughs> and it kind of, it kind of is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just think you should have played it up a little more. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, Daniel's like, "Well, this is bullshit. You can draw us a map." And actually, the soldier volunteered to draw you a map, which yeah. to me, that's death sentence. Like, as soon as you get done scratching the last scratch, and you're dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Travis and Maddie are like, "Look, you know, sure, sure, we'll torture people." But killing them in cold blood to cover our tracks and prevent him from following us or doing all that, that's crazy talk. Uh, Daniel kind of leaves Travis um, the job of bringing him along in his truck. Uh, and we immediately sense that Travis is not going to be able to 
to to do the deed when the deed needs to be done. Yeah, it was it was no surprise that he wasn't sitting in that truck with him later no. on. Uh, there's another interesting scene where Daniel unsuccessfully tries to get Ophelia to understand him as the torture dad. And she's really not buying it. Um, Madison is kind of dwelling over all the various foot pr- fingerprints and the footprints her family has made in this house. There's, you know, she's looking at yeah, the... Yeah, the thing with Daniel and Ophelia seemed abbreviated. Like yeah. it was a hand on the shoulder and a, and a would you have wanted to know. Yeah. Like it's a to be continued, which was mildly shocking when they killed Ophelia, so. but then she was back to life, and yeah, I yeah. guess that will be the be continued, probably. Uh, but yeah, she's she's looking at all these height markings, and she's never going to see this again, and this is a big deal for her. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at Omega Base, Doctor Exeter is concerned that they're not going to be able to get all uh, of their wounded and critical patients evacuated. There's an opening at Edwards Air Force Base that they're trying to hustle to get to. Liza, of course, is concerned with her family, and the doctor's concerned with the plus one nature of her relationship. Like, who are we talking family? Are we talking your son? Are we talking your ex-husband? You know, you bring those two along, he's going to want to bring their his slam piece, who's going to want to bring their her kids, who's going to want to bring their zombie slam piece, and just where do you stop? And it's some... They never reached an agreement here, right? Like, because no. she says, okay, just Travis then. Well, that doesn't preclude him wanting to bring his family along. But Travis is weak, like a little kitten. So she Liza she just, assumes he'll just roll over. She just twists his balls and it's it's all over. Now, does does Liza <laughs> actually care about Travis or does she want a father for Chris? He, it's, is that to me, more important? This, the big takeaway from this episode was that Liza cares a hell of a lot more about Travis than I would have suspected. And Travis cares okay. a hell of a lot more about Liza. Yeah. And beyond just the, like, you're a fellow human being, I don't want to see you suffer, but, like, to the extent that you're going to go after their heroin-addicted son that you don't think much of at all, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I I guess that's not surprising, you know, when the chips are down, that you decide, like, okay, this person, yeah, maybe he's an asshole, and maybe he did this and that, or she's this or that, but... She's also the mother of my child or father of my child. And I, yeah, I think yeah. some of that, you know, as much jokes as I made about it on the instant cast, it's not <laughs> un- implausible. Sure. Uh, Handsome Soldier continues to give just, I thought, a flat, shitty performance <laughs> of a recovering torture uh, a guy mm-hmm. who's begging for his life. Like, I... To me, I would have put a bullet in him just because, like, man, you you can't even sell me on this idea. You can't sell yourself. You want to die. Admit it. Uh, and he gives this spiel to Travis, which is, I can see you're not like them, which uh, we can all see that because that's been the screaming, blinking sign on his forehead, you know. That's the uh, name of Dabil, the episode. is right on his head. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when everybody leaves, we can tell that Travis is going to let the handsome soldier go. Uh, in fact, we drive past a bunch of houses in the neighborhood. There's a little bit of debate where um, Madison's kind of kvetching about, oh, we're you know leaving these people in the lurch. We should tell them. And Ophelia's like all hard. Why they didn't they didn't speak up for us when the guys with guns came in the middle of the night? It's because guys with guns came in the middle of the night. Like how many people <laughs> beyond the one house radius of your house would have even known that was going on? Also, they they took a guy who was stealing drugs and and is a recovering addict if you want to even call him recovering 
Uh, and a woman who was gravely injured. Who needed medical, needed medical attention. attention. They're not the, They're uh, not snatching babies from cribs. And they're Zach not... Galifianakis they took after he fired up his muscle car and went yeah. on a joyride after curfew. Again, yeah, one yeah. of the big problems with this whole fucking setup is none of the soldiers' actions were as unreasonable as everybody's making them out to be. I Yeah, I agree with that. So If I were in this community, I would not be thinking, oh, the military is evil here. I would be thinking, there's some bad shit out there. And these people needed some help, and they're yeah. hopefully going to get it. Yeah. Plus, man, what what kind of nineteen fifties era of neighbors did these people gr- grew up in? Because I don't know about you, but in my twenty years plus of ha- owning homes and being neighbors to people, maybe one I would stick my neck out for. But was there was there any that I'd risk my family or take a bullet for? I don't think so. Hmm. Like I really don't. I, maybe I'm a monster. I don't even but, know my neighbors. Yeah, there you go. I live in such close proximity. There you go. Jackbooted thugs get the guy across the hallway. Are you going to be like, no. Yeah, I'm like, gonna, I wonder what he was doing. I'm going to put on pants, stop my Mr. Robot uh, marathon, put down my plate of pizza, and go and say, <laughs> wait, 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 what, what, what do you do? Let me see the warrant. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. All right. Uh, Daniel, uh, looks back, um, and kind of like tries to shield his eyes and look through the headlights and see if I think he's looking to see if handsome soldier is still with Travis. Travis kind of gives yeah. him the wave, but he can't see the wave because he, he can't see the soldier. He can't see shit. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't notice that he's been betrayed. Uh, this is a really awesome scene. Daniel walks right up to camp Omega and the soldiers immediately start barking orders at him and threatening to shoot him. He's like, if I were you, I'd save your ammunition. Kind of looks back. Camera pans and your fucking zombie herd right on the Boom. front door of Camp Omega. There it is. It's, uh, I can't tell. It It might be smaller than the herd that we saw on The Walking Dead proper, mm-hmm. but it's still a sizable herd. Yeah. They're they're coming down the street, flooding down the street, I'd say. What I liked about it is when it's it kind of like showed how the line is wrapping around the block, that the zombies were more or less like queued up as if they were awaiting entry into an amusement park. Yeah, they're, they're waiting for the buffet. They're waiting for Zombieland to open, uh-huh. and it's an all-you-can-eat brain smorgasbord. Yep. Uh, plus, it's just not safe to have that many actors crushed up against each other. No. I'm sure there's a little bit of, you know, maintain arm's length, you know, away yeah. and all that. Um, in the basement of Camp Omega, because they all arrive and they, they go into the parking garage, uh, Travis confesses that he let handsome soldier go. Uh, Daniel is kind of incredulous, but like I thought, Travis is going to get a free pistol whipping. Yeah, Daniel just lets it go. He's he like, gets, ah, uh, "Well, I can't wait to tell you I told you so." When I get to tell you I told you so, because that moment yeah. is coming. Uh, Chris confesses that he can't drive. Um, he's trying to weasel away on the infiltration team, mm-hmm. and Travis says, "Look, you need to stay with the vehicles, and you need to fuck off if there's any sign of per- trouble." And his excuse is, I don't even know how to drive. And this, I don't know. It's, it's just Chris being a shit. I guess. I, I mean, that's that's not legitimate. The kid, if he's never drove a car, drove a car before, I mean, he probably doesn't know how to drive. I'm just saying that, like, I feel like Chris is the type of kid that would get a boner that in a crisis situation he could go off-roading on zombies. He gets to drive, yeah. He's just throwing a bigger fit that he can't be part of the infiltration team. Sure, sure. I mean, that's what and he I wants. hate Chris, so I'm gonna be critical <laughs> of anything he does. Okay. Uh, Tuxedo Man. Chris knows- has a lot of abandonment issues I've noticed in this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's it's 
it should have been apparent earlier, and I think it was apparent earlier, but it really comes to a head in this episode mm-hmm. where he's talking about, okay, last episode he was talking about his mom, right? She just left, Dad. She just left me here. Uh, and then this episode. Need a whiner. She just left, Dad. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It's not very accurate. Uh, so and then in this episode, he's, yes, he wants to be a part of the infiltration team, but I think it's also because he doesn't want to be left again, mm. right? He doesn't want to be separated from his dad from the people who are protecting him. He also wants to go find his mom. Like there's a lot in this kid's life that tells me he is worried about being abandoned. That's actually a pretty Again. Ni- nice bit of nuance there. Was it from me or the show? No, I for, think from, it's from, from the, the show. show. No, yeah. yeah I get okay. It. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think they did that fairly well. Yeah. It's just, he's wrapped up in kind of a douchey and I apologize. He, he is he because is. my least favorite thing about like when I'm listening to Seth and Wall's podcast is when he's checked out on a show and he's talking about all these logical leaps and gaps that are not really logical leaps and gaps. It's just that he clearly doesn't give a shit about the show anymore and he's over it, but he's got to talk about it because that's what he's getting paid for. So mm, yeah. I apologize if this podcast comes across like that, but that's the literally best I can do. <laughs> uh, Tuxedo man. One of the bright spots of the script, kind of, mm-hmm. is kinda. he knows a lot about L.A. real estate. Uh, his, uh, I get his, the impression he's a developer of some kind. Something. Yeah. He, his buddy Nick, uh, who he needs his skills to stay alive, uh, mentions what neighborhood he's in. He's like, oh, I gentrify the shit out of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, El, El Sereno, is that what he says? I Oldest community in Los Angeles from before the, the founding yeah. of the actual city. Yeah. Like I'm saying, yeah. he, he knew a lot about it, not just property values, but just, you know, the history of it. I feel it. like that might be well-known in, in L.A. Really? Like, yeah, if it's the oldest part of the city, I feel like the I guess history of the city might be known by its residents. Yeah. I, I my as, as growing up in small town, Midwestern towns mostly, like, large cities seem, like, very mysterious to me. Sure. Yeah. I imagine, like, you know, when you get 20 million people that are living in a metro area, it's like, how many people know all the ins and outs and... Oh, yeah. You can't know all of Los Angeles. Yeah. But if you're a real estate developer, Maybe. you can probably know a little bit more sure. than the average person. Uh, so the lights go out, and Tuxedo Man briefly panics because, oh, my God, he's lost the mystery key, <laughs> and Nick has pickpocketed it. Why? Why the fuck do they show us this? Who I, cares? It's showing another dimension and kind of this... So it's weird. It's it's like the bridge to nowhere. They're showing us a skill that maybe Tuxedo Man could use uh-huh. in the uh, upcoming apocalypse, but that's clearly not the skill that he tapped Nick for. In fact, Nick does nothing to help their escape in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, absolutely nothing. Nothing. So, like, the skills that and, – and, and Tuxedo Man, once they get out, seems largely dismissive of him. I mean, I guess he needs a crew for his boat. Yeah, I – but what? Why does Nick fit that bill either? That because Nick can be the away team leader that can go out and get stuff. But like my thing is, you you drop your uh, heroin addict on a dinghy and you send him ashore to get supplies. He's going to find opiates and you'll never see him again. <laughs> or your dinghy. Uh huh. He's like, who will give me a rattler bit of uh, a pill bottle full of oxycodone? Codone. Coat oxy oxycontin. There you go. Yeah. Uh, who will give me that in exchange for this dinghy? And the first person that rattles a bottle is going to be sold, and you'll never see that dinghy again. Yeah, I I think it was a real dumb thing to have him steal this key for no purpose. Also, literally no purpose. We I mean, he... dismissed a lot of fan theories that this is the key to the fucking cell last week as the dumbest thing we've ever heard. And guess what? The key is to the fucking cell. 
why would this army guy trade him the key to the cell? I don't know. There, there are. So I think we have an email about this, and I apologize if I'm going to step on somebody's toes here, but there, there is someone who sent an email saying that they think they're connecting what he says later um, when he sees this soldier that he made the deal with. Yeah. About like that soldier being the only guy, like his ride out of here, um, and that maybe he had traded something else in addition. Like they had an agreement, like the soldier would get him out of there if if he would provide passage on Abigail or something. Huh. And I think there's enough like shreds and, and scraps and, of evidence and the to key maybe support is that. surety for that because if something happens I guess to the so. soldier, then yeah. at least he's not trapped in there. But potentially, yeah. But at that point, why not just let him out? But because, because then the, soldier, he can't. the other soldiers would see, yeah, oh, you let him po- out. And, and the soldier needs surety on his end that he'll get out on Abigail. Yeah. Okay. So so I feel like maybe if you want to scrape into a little pile all of these shreds of evidence and blow on them until they create fire, you can. Yeah. Uh, That's the Tom Hanks castaway approach to storytelling. <laughs> it is, and I don't, I don't know that I entirely dislike it. Yeah. I think that's interesting in its own right, but the stuff that they do with Nick also makes me roll my freaking eyes because yeah. that is not storytelling. No. That is... For no reason establishing a trait of this character that we don't see him ever use. Right. For any any purpose. Out of nowhere. Other than just to to pull a like, trick. I don't on this think guy. heroin at junkies, addicts, whatever, I don't think they are natural pickpockets. And let's say Nick is. Why show us that right now? Why? Because it was just something to like put a smile on Tuxedo Man's face. When really I would be exasperated. Like, this is the shit you're pulling when we're trying to get out of here, kids. I stood up for you, man. All right, you're staying behind. Don't pull behind. this shit on me, yeah. There is, you are, suddenly you are not a value add. Click. I'm, I'm just saying, from a storytelling perspective, it serves no purpose. No. And it's, it feels sloppy in that way. It's Unlike, another bridge, uh, bridge from nowhere at this point. It, yeah, like, if this were Breaking Bad, right, they'd have him pull that shit at the beginning, and then at the end of the episode, he would use it for some purpose that was really important. Yes. And needed to happen, otherwise they were all doomed or something. And then Tuxedo Man would see this and think, ah, this guy's resourceful beyond just being my knowledge then, of addicts being their resourceful people. And then he would ask him to join his group, yes. And it would make sense. It seems completely reversed and and dead ends itself. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe there's some reason why this works but i didn't see it all right uh dr exeter uh, is going outside and she can see with their eyes the compound is being compromised these zombies at the gate uh looking like a dangerous situation she worries that the air evac that is even now circling overhead is going to see the same thing and be like yeah uh your status condition is fucked oh and guess what and they do <laughs> we are not landing uh so team barber clark uh, arrives at the exterior of the base and Team Barber, the barber half of Barber Clark, announces that they've now finished the hard part, and it's on to the harder part. <laughs> and I'm like, you're cool, Daniel, but you're not that fucking cool. Yeah. Like, Arnold on his best day in the 80s and the coolest action on Predator couldn't pull off that line. What the fuck? <laughs> <sighs> so Exeter is desperately on the radio trying to get E back to land, but again, their official assessment of the situation is, nope, you're fucked, and <laughs> they start flying off. Mm-hmm. Exeter then, I mean, she's kind of a noble character at this point, tries to get everyone out on the trucks that will be leaving soon. Uh, Liza's told that if her family hasn't made it out of the safe zone yet, they never will, and yeah. advises her to run because the situation is getting desperate. Just run. Run somewhere. Yeah. Where am I going to run to, lady? I don't know. Work for Lola. <laughs> 
Uh, Kristen whines a bunch. Did it? No, it didn't work for Lola, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I think it did, didn't it? She got out with her boyfriend intact. She just ran and restarted time until it all worked out. <laughs> okay. I may be misremembering the end of that movie. I think her dad might have raped her, so yes, it didn't all work out, but okay. again, I might be misremembering that movie. Uh, I, I feel it's another like Groundhog Day. I saw seven different movies in the space of 90 minutes. Which, which version's real? Yeah. Who knows? So Chris whines a bunch and gets out of the SUV because I, why not? He's sitting in the driver's seat. And he's not even holding the keys. Right? We're going to find out. What the fuck, man? Uh, and he's like, I'm just as capable of fucking up a plan as much as my dad, maybe more so. Did you ever <laughs> think of that? I can fuck up a plan harder, dad. And then oh Alicia drops a complete non sequitur of you can't save everyone, Chris. Which mm-hmm. isn't even his concern. Like, I think you've got it I, right. It's being abandoned. Is she, is the show telling us that she's misreading him as well? Like, I guess. I mean, this is would that be, not, there's a lot. I mean, honestly, I don't, you know, the, he seems to have a little bit of a justice boner too, though, with his filming yeah. of the riot and stuff like that. So maybe there's a dual concern for Chris. Maybe abandonment is one and justice is the other, helping people is the other. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't seem to be his primary concern. No, his I'll primary concern that. is getting his raw from Stargate YouTube channel going as soon as the zombie box <laughs> is over. So he's got all this awesome footage. Uh-huh. And he'd be on an infiltration team. How awesome. I get like a million hits, man. <sighs> anyway. Can we talk about why Alicia has the keys? Let's get, let's wait. Let's wait. Okay. We got one more scene. Uh, Tuxedo Man is on the way out of the caged-in detainee area. And uh, Nick's like, hey, why don't we let other people go? And he's like, there's no value add in saving anyone but themselves. And hmm. isn't there? Could they cause a Strength distraction numbers, to, both, to both zombies and soldiers? Probably. I just felt like that was, you know, it's a... Tuxedo Man is suddenly less cool because he's saying all these capitalist buzzwords somehow. Hmm. You know, like value add. He's okay. going to say, you know, you, you know, uh, I find I have a lot of synergy with the uh, heroin addicts. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he talks about needing a ride and then to go get Abigail, and we're left to wonder who the fuck is Abigail. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to wonder long, which is nice. Uh, soldiers come into the parking garage, and they play knock-knock on the SUV with Chris and Alicia, who are kind of hilariously trying to hide in the floorboards. Mm-hmm. I guess they thought the soldiers were zombies. Uh, yeah, possibly. Okay. Uh, because once they knocked on the window, I'm with this, like, you know, you just hoping that if you don't make eye contact, that they're going to work like boogeymen in your bedroom. That if you don't look at them, they'll go away. Uh-huh. They smash into the window and drag uh, Nick out. And Nick's all like, don't don't touch me, man. Get your hands off me. Don't tase me, bro. And, of course, he gets a rifle butt to the face. And I. I OK, there's another scene is entirely pointless because the whole thing is to make us think that the children are in danger. But the children are, in fact, not in danger. They're left alone, and we don't even see the resolution of this scene. So it works only as a slight character-building moment for Chris that he would stand up to armed soldiers when the only stakes are keys to the SUV. Yeah, and I guess... Uh, well, I, so I don't know. What are what are the stakes? Is it just the keys, or is it also Alicia? Well, see, here's the thing. I My, feel like she's being threatened here i get it but i thought in my my mind that when we were watching this i'm like this is awfully early in the zombie apocalypse to go on full rape and pillage mode 
Okay. Especially yeah. with soldiers that have an as far as this, so so far as we know an intact command structure. Mm-hmm. Like I don't buy get- that your you know average U.S. soldier is just going to rape a teenager when they're just trying to get out. And that's yeah, I, I mean think I think the, the command has gone were- out the window. It, it's, I, th- I think it's they're starting to. Out. Oh, so these guys specifically are just, with these three, I got the impression that they uh, were done. We're not defending this place. We're getting the fuck out of here. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it, but again, they endangered them for no purpose, and we don't even see the resolution of the issue. Just so next time we see it, it's a fake yeah, out. Oh I, my god, the kids are gone. Nope, here they are. They've locked themselves in the stairwell. Everything's cool. And the proper way to deal with three armed, trained military personnel. Mm. Is not to escalate the situation no. immediately like Chris does. He takes yes. a swing at the first one he sees. Like you are, it's you're not a credible threat. You've got no like gun hidden on you. No. Like you really should go with the placate strategy. Yeah, you need to keep this as calm as possible. Give them the keys before they get other ideas. Now, I'm not saying Chris is that smart of a kid. And he's six to sixteen. And yeah, he. I mean, he's going to be reactionary. We've seen that. It's sure. just maybe that's in his nature. But ugh, Chris, come on, man. Yeah. Not doing any good. So Alicia has the keys. Yes. Alicia has the fucking keys in her pocket. She's sitting in the passenger seat of the SUV. What is she going to do with those? I I don't know. Is Chris not to be trusted with keys to a car? I mean, just once, because I don't... Even though he's charged with driving away if shit breaks bad? Yeah, like, Chris is half as hateable if he's in the driver's seat with the car, the keys Uh in the ignition and his hand on the key, and he's actually waiting to execute... To the best of his ability, his part of whatever shitty part of the plan, in his view, it is. And suddenly it's like, okay, I, that's, that's something that I think I would do or I would want my child to do. Yeah. Give him get, get out so he can have a good sulk. When, again, the context of this is you're invading an armed base that's being overrun by zombies. Uh-huh. A 16 year old's going to Your father tells this you, way. we're going to come sprinting out of here, be ready to go. Yeah. He's not ready to go. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even have the keys. He has to ask. Can I please have the keys so we can get ready to go? Dad's running up. Yeah. Dad's on his way. Alicia's going to fumble because she's wearing the tight what? hot pants or in her pocket. She's going to put them on the ground. Why? Why does she say this? Why does she have the keys? I don't what know. What purpose does that serve if I'm a writer? I don't know. I honestly don't. This whole scene. Because the scene ends there. This thing, it was a minute 15 long, and all I see is three or four minutes that could have easily been trimmed that were not interesting. Yeah. And uh, that dealt, was. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're building a relationship between Chris and Alicia. Sure. But we all seem sure. to agree that it's gross and not interesting. So Yeah, I don't quite know how to read that. But I, even if it's not gross, it's gross what the writers are doing to these scenes. Like, <laughs> I, you, there are ways what to build characters. What they're doing typewriters should be illegal. <laughs> there, there are ways to build characters that don't require you to completely turn your brain off. I I agree. And, and, and I've and seen if, them do and, it before. It's not like they can't do it. And if you're going to do that route, turn mm-hmm. off the brain, then amp up the brain can't. I mean, amp, amp up the adrenaline gland. Yeah, yeah. Adrenal gland candy. Mm-hmm. More zombies, more action, more stupid stuff. Yeah. Like, nation. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's don't what you do, do this slow. I don't know what burn pre zombie apocalypse bullshit. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Let's move on. Okay. Liza walks out into a fucking war zone. And this is actually the awesome parts of the episode. The yeah. fences buckle and give. The base is now an officially fucked condition. Yep. As the evac prophesied. Uh, a soldier gets bit. And then we thought that he was going to run on to the helicopter and get evac. And I'm like, 
no, I do not believe in a this world that those soldiers let him on the plane. But in fact, he ran over to the tail rotor of <laughs> killed the himself. not the plane, the helicopter, yeah. and, and killed himself by tail rotor decapitation. Good for him. Pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm with him. Good good choice, man. Zombie pre kill of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, a soldier, so he commits suicide. It's a good thing I didn't try to do zombie kill of the week in this show. You would have been... I would have been out in the cold for you've been holding four out of six episodes. Empty-handed. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Liza sees this, and a soldier's trying to get her onto the back of the truck to get out, and she suddenly refuses to be evacuated. Yeah. So the big question is why, mm-hmm. and one thing is we don't know when she got bit. Okay. If she okay, got that's bit... Fair. I assumed this, it was in the kitchen when she's fighting off the zombies. If she's already bit in this, then it makes sense that, okay, I'm going to make the most of what little hours I have left and try to rescue Nick to try to do something for okay, yeah. my, Travis. If she just doesn't get on because she won't abandon Nick, that's essentially saying that she puts more – she gives more emotional weight to the better chance, I guess, of an already dicey chance that she's going to be able to hook up with Nick and let him go – then the smaller chance, but probably more upside for her personally, of trying to establish, reestablish communication and connection with Chris by getting out of there and going mm. back to the old place. Yeah. And I don't know that a mom makes this choice. Again, if she's been bit, the calculus is different. But And then this yeah. kind of came out of nowhere because this whole season has been one of antagonism about the family, and now she makes this kind of altruistic choice. I don't know that I buy it. Yeah, there's some line... Somewhere in the episode about her, uh, about about the people in the safe zone, if they haven't gotten out already, they're not going to, or something like that. Yeah. And I wonder if she thinks, yeah, that maybe there's, they'll still be there, or, I don't know, there are two possibilities for that. A, they'll still be there because it's still a safe zone. I mean, there are 2,000 zombies attacking this place, but the rest of the place is not overrun yet i know but i'm saying Uh, the the other option is the place is overrun and chris is probably dead but as a mom i'm thinking do i go back for the 20 year old plus uh who's the who's the son it's the adult son of my husband's slam piece yeah or do i go for the slim chance that my very frightened um you know stupid son chris is perhaps suffering and I could do something about it. Or does she think maybe by leaving on this truck that she won't be able to see her kid again? I do think that's part of it, too. But she, okay. I mean, it's clear in the sequence of events that she immediately goes not to try to get and, and escape and try to find Chris. Yeah, yeah. She, she goes, goes she makes Nick. a beeline for Nick. So, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Tuxedo and Nick come across a soldier being eaten alive. And he gets his cufflinks back. And this is stupid, I thought. A guy just being slowly eaten alive. I mean, <laughs> what so you're the zombie take? fan. I'm... Is this what you want to see? No. Here, here's what I want to see. I want to see what happened to Dale, right? Uh-huh. Dale got fucking destroyed. <laughs> yeah, it was a single walker. Dale's an old guy. Dale's not very smart. Dale's not very sure. handy with a gun. As a matter of fact, hates guns. Yeah. Uh you're talking I about can season see, two, Walking Dead. I can okay. see Dale getting his guts ripped open and screaming and being incapacitated and killed by a single walker. A trained military officer? Well, he's not an officer. Whatever. Well, maybe he's, he is. He's I mean, infantry. He was in he's a grunt. I don't, I don't know what Had to be is. at least a sergeant, I think. Something. Uh, trained military personnel should not be, A, getting killed by a single walker. Getting even bit by a single walker. Yeah. 
I mean, it, uh, now why do you think it's a single walker? I agree with your analysis because it's the only one in that room. Yes, if there was multiple walkers, they would all be bent over eating him, right? I would think so. Yeah, he's the only piece of food in that room. Nothing else is going to attract their attention. I mean, if you want to say, okay, well, there's there's a one way door here, right? They can press up against the bar, they can get out the door. I don't think there were. They can't get back in. Seemed like they were all handle doors too. Maybe they were. Yeah, but either way, they would have probably stayed there to eat him. I would think like I've seen groups of walkers go after a single person. 15 of them rip the guts out of somebody and start eating. So how does one or two walkers incapacitate a man in such a way that he's still alive and able to converse, but not able to make even the smallest of defensive gestures to present him, prevent himself from, did he like fall and break his neck against a single zombie? I, I can't imagine that. And even I then, mean, Tuxedo like, says they're slow, right? They're yeah. not a threat. A single zombie is never a threat. And that's the whole point of zombies. A single one is not a threat. It's the mob that gets you. It's yeah. the herd. Yeah. I I thought this whole setup was stupid, and the payoff of this guy stealing his cufflinks and I'll take the links to keep the watch was just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, the minor plot point is a helpful red light goes off by the doors, which is alerting us, I think, uh, trying to let us know that this base has been put on lockdown. So now all the, yeah. the doors are going to be locked unless you have a key code. So Team Barbara Clark, Barbara Clark, Makes it to the detention center, and Nick is nowhere to be found. Uh, they release everybody over Daniel's protestations to the contrary. Um, they don't release everybody. They release, like, the first two or three cages, and then mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to be like, okay, this is like a test of the human condition. Are you <laughs> yeah, going yeah. to let another cage or two? Because if this continues, then y'all get out. Mm-hmm. If not, fuck y'all anyway. Yeah. And I'm yeah, I'm fine with that. No, that, that's the right call. Uh. Nuck, Nick and the Tuxedo Man, who we appreciate his name is now Strand, Yeah, get stranded against the security door. See what I did there? Good one. I like it. <laughs> uh, Madison gets in there just in time to see Nick get eaten alive by these zombies coming down the yeah. other way. And yeah, I'm like, gruesome. oh, wow. I started to sit up in my seat like, they're going to swing for the fences. They're going to kill Nick, yeah. one of the characters that we kind of are a little bit sort of invested one in of a, the few yeah in a um stockhol syndrome kind of way <laughs> stockholm i don't hole. know i like him stockhol syndrome is a completely different thing <laughs> involving unspeakable <laughs> acts with the, the the wrong end of a rifle and, and one's rectum <laughs> but i i thought that was going to be cool and it's kind of awesome but then liza gets there just in the nick of time with her card and swipes it like six or seven times for mm-hmm. False drama. And, yeah, her brand and, new card just doesn't swipe. Yeah, quite yeah. Quite right. And the door opens, and she saves the day. Mm-hmm. And they make their way to some sort of kitchen, base kitchen, where the reunited band gets assaulted by several zombies, which get beat down by the, the, the a bolt cutter by Ophelia, which I thought was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, that was a good kill. You don't think of the bolt cutter as being a really effective zombie, but it's a solid piece of steel, and mm-hmm. it does the job. Uh, Madison declares hammer time with her ball peen outfit, which is also cool. This is, you know, zombie kill in action. Yeah. Ultimately, doesn't Nick, doesn't Nick get the kill? Oh, it's the ball right. peen? he's yeah. the one with the ball peen hammer. She gets right. it like knocked out of her hand or something and because Nick swings of, in. Of course she does. To action. Uh, then in the relatively quiet I mean, moment. Well, yeah. And so in these tight quarters, mm-hmm. when there are multiple zombies streaming in, I yes. can understand how a group of people might get surprised and overrun. Sure. Get ball peen hammers knocked out of their hands. Sure. Not not a problem. I just don't think that a single zombie is that threatening. <laughs> no. Uh, so in a relatively quiet moment that follows, Daniel finds out that his wife is dead. 
Ophelia demands be taken to her and shown her, but Liza says, look, there's nothing left. And we'll come to appreciate that that means that they're being poorly cremated in mass graves yeah. in back. Along with their toys, dolls. Everything. I'm, yep. Velveteen rabbit from hell to breakfast. <laughs> Start your weeping now. Um, they find Dr. Exeter resting after a long session of captive bolt. <laughs> yep. Captain Bolt gun action. She's she's essentially killed everyone in the room, which I think again that's a noble act. In yeah, I don't know. Is it? I mean, it, is it? Would you rather have an air bolt shot through your head, or would you rather be turned into? I'd sure eaten. I think I'd rather be dead. Have your guts stretched out, be eaten, turned into a walker. I think I think you'd rather, I'd be, rather dead, be dead, but also. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess it is a noble gesture. I think so. She doesn't do it. She can't bring it to do it to herself, it doesn't seem like. And also... Maybe, maybe. I don't think we know her fate. She's looking at that gun at the oh. after they leave. She picks it back up. Because her advice is that if they go continue past the ICU, there is, a, I guess, a rear exit. Mm-hmm. And Liza tries to get Dr. Exeter to come with her because they think of how much good you can do, etc. But the doctor's already checked out for herself personally. Yeah. Like, again, we don't see her ultimate fate, but... She's either going to be zombie food or captive bolt gun fodder. I'm choosing she killed herself. All right. That's what I think. They're debating about where to go, and the planned desert is in the mind of Team Barbara Clark, and Strand says, no, no, what we want to do is go west, because I've got Mm. a home on the water that has supplies, and I'm prepared. Yep. And at this point, I was starting to consider maybe some kind of bullshit artist. Hmm, okay. Like, he's dressed up fancy as maybe a con man. Now is not the time to bullshit, right? Like, no, but if let's you, go west, everybody. But if you're what? essentially a smarter, better-looking, sharper-dressed version of Eugene, like, think how well <laughs> that took Eugene. And, like, if you're Sure, a but he's talking, going away from the bad shit, right? Like, I this guess. guy would be walking right into but, Hell's but Gate. But we've talked about how if you're on a coastline, heading through the coast and trying to get a boat in the zombie apocalypse yeah. is probably a good play. I think so. And there's got to be a surfeit of, I mean, unless everyone's got that plan. It's kind of like, yeah, go sure. to your nearest Costco yeah. and take it over. Well, when 100 people get there before you with guns and ammo, it's not as good a plan. Yeah, definitely. Maybe everybody goes takes off of the boats. But I feel like in Maybe. this situation, it seems like there's lots of boats left. I think there would be. You know, people who own the boats get killed. Yeah. Just randomly. Uh, it's probably tough to get to the boats because they're, you know, in a heavily populated city. Sure. And I, I would see, feel like the boat owners are the type of people who leave the keys on board. Because mm, yeah. you, you just don't expect your boat to get jacked from the marina. It's true, yeah. You know, they got like harbor masters watching it, and usually gates where it's kind of, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. I don't I, I, that's, that's my fantasy. I feel like that everybody leaves their keys in their big boats. Yeah. And expects everything to be secure and guarded and, and also they, i mean if you got a boat the size of abigail what the fuck do you care someone's going to jack your 90 foot boat and take it for a joyride yeah welcome to piracy the coast guard <laughs> will see you soon i mean that's there's uh-huh. not unless you're off the west or east coast of africa your piracy uh-huh. doesn't take you very far in this world yeah all right uh let's move on um they make it back to the basement where the suv is gone but again, this is kind of false drama because Chris and Alicia are fine. They're able to hide in the stairwell uh, from the zombies and whatnot. At this point, handsome soldier man comes at him crazy with the pistol, which again, this is bullshit. This guy's a shitty actor with shitty lines and shitty motivations. Like, 
they they're trying to like in his speechifying he did he's like i'm a good guy and i've been kind and gentle with everyone look man all i've seen you do is trying to get in the pants of ophelia mm-hmm. and you weren't trying not to a get crime not a crime not a crime not a crime you're just a squirrel trying to get a nut i get it <laughs> but you're also not doing trying to get her mom unsuccessfully dr- i might add you're not trying to get her mom drugs out of the goodness of your heart you're trying to get it so you can get it yeah. So, like, there's nothing in this guy that made me think that he's some kind of American hero. Mm. He's just some average dude trying to pursue average dude desires, and suddenly yeah. he's trying to be, be made in this noble, tragic figure, and really you escape torture in the zombie apocalypse, and your first thought is you're going to hike over 10, 15 miles of hellscape <laughs> and, and, and hide out in the basement garage of camp omega that's being overrun by zombies on the off chance that you can kill the guy that tortured you briefly yeah i don't get it i don't get it like this has got to be a coincidence right he he was like okay well i'm gonna go evac with the rest of my guys guys i guess so i mean he must have been right he can't mm. assume that that's where they're going, A. Well, no, he no, knows he that's, where they're, that's where they're going. That's where they're going. But how, how are you going to find them in that labyrinthian... Well, you, he told uh, him exactly where to go. No, I think it's deliberate. I'm not trying to say this is just him trying to get back with his dudes and all that. That would have been a better motivation, honestly. I guess, I guess yeah, you, you're right. You're right. He doesn't know exactly where they're going to be. I wonder what they said about the parking garage. I don't know. Not sure why he's in the parking garage, but whatever. But then he shoots the daughter. Mm-hmm. I think for two reasons. Because I think A, betrayal. Yeah. She betrayed him. Uh, and B, as punishment for Daniel. Because I don't know that Daniel cares if he dies. Yeah. That's Whereas probably if where you shoot get... Ophelia, he feels it a little more. <laughs> and then uh, Travis goes full on Shane mode. His mm-hmm. earlobes swelling three times the normal size, growing <laughs> with the dark power within... Uh-huh. And Handsome Soldier is not pretty no more because he just beats his face in. Again, yeah. I'm starting to get that there's something with Travis. He's got some Golden Gloves experience in his background. There's something building up to this broken nose and his bare-knuckle brawling skills. Like, that was just ground yeah. and pound. Yeah, he's he former MMA fighter. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know. So what do you think of the idea that this is the good man being punished for his good deeds? Do you think there's anything to to that like this world is no place for he didn't the kind get of punished man that, i think it's that, funny what i was like, thinking daniel too. got yeah. punished because of the good man's deeds exactly like so way to fuck your own theme up yeah because people wrote in and said that and i was like i don't he doesn't really lose anybody here he's still got all of his kids and liza, liza dies, happens later on and that's though. not a consequence of his actions that's a consequence of her own altruistic actions and I also uh, like so true. what so what are you trying to say, Kirkman, that good there. people can't survive in the zombie apocalypse? I don't believe that. Like uh, yeah, I just if that is truly the theme yeah. the point they're trying to make, I don't buy it. Well the, so the like, other thing soft is the walking headed, dead has already done this. You right? can have a soft you can have a soft heart, but you can't have a soft head. Sure. I feel yeah. like Travis has both, and that's the reason he's a liability. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh yeah. anyway, what were you gonna say? Uh, but I feel like also The Walking Dead has done this, right? Like, yeah, sure. the whole storyline with Shane was about this. Yeah. Like, how far do you have to go to preserve your life in this apocalypse? And I thought we had answered that with Rick, that you don't necessarily have to go as as dark as the governor. No. But you also have to be, like you said, hard not hard-headed, but 
uh, have a good head on your shoulders to it's attention to of, lead people. Of how do you use the weapons that your enemy are using against them, but then not to allow that to take over your entire worldview to where every time you meet a person now, they have to be exploited and, and yeah. used for your own benefit. Sure. Yeah. Like when you, when you find a group of people that are do, praying that, then you treat them like the wolves they are and you put them down. But then when you mm-hmm. find sheep later, you don't just rip out their throat and eat them, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. So, it's, but, but I feel like to, it's well, it's well trod ground. That's the thing. Nothing and, new or interesting. The series is saying. Exactly. And that that's my point. Why why are they doing this? If if they were going to tell an interesting story about the fall of LA, I'm all in. If they're going to tell the same story as The Walking Dead, I don't care. Yeah. Cuz you're already telling that story. Yeah. So, uh everyone sadly convey convoys themselves through the city. Uh there's an ironic discussion between Tuxedo and Madison about LA congestion, which highway they should take, and I'm like, Christ, this is turning into a Saturday Night Live skit. And then it turns out there is no congestion. There are no people. There no. are no cars. None of it matters. They could have taken the four oh five or the one ten because LA's abandoned, man. Yeah, only the suburbs <laughs> what are the congested. Fuck? And again, I'm ignorant of the geography, so maybe that would be a realistic thing that would happen. But I, I whatever. Can't ima- I mean, the first thing you think of when you think L.A., what is it? Gridlock. Highways. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. The writers don't even acknowledge that? Like... It's 10 days after. So, but yeah, you're right. I'm just saying that we saw what Atlanta looked like. Sure. We see what the backwoods of Georgia look like, where every fucking side road's got a flipped over bus or a dump truck on fire or police cars on their roof, whatever. You have... Five of those across the city, and Los Angeles is just gridlock, period. I thought it was kind of pushing the boundaries of realism to have the L.A. River be free of traffic in this circumstance. <laughs> yeah. Because you're not the only fucking people to think, hey, let's take the river to That's avoid true. the traffic. And yeah, it's illegal, but so are eating – so so are undead people coming back to life and eating yeah. people. That's not that's not legal. That's not kosher. No, the police that's have That's not in the Constitution. Uh, so anyway – they eventually head to L.A., or I'm sorry, to Strand's L.A. home, which, as advertised, is amazing. And it's everything he promised, if not more. Like, yeah. It seems like it could, it, it could keep eight people alive for many, many moons. And mm-hmm. it's got, like, fences and security systems, and it's on a sheer cliff. And it's got a fully stocked love boat waiting to take off on a fantasy cruise. It's, mm-hmm. it's honestly, he was underselling it a bit. Yeah, I think it's a great place to hide out. There's someone that sent in the email. I don't know if you saw it because it was like right before we recorded this, but he's got a hypothesis that Strand is actually Batman. Okay. <laughs> Batman Bruce Wayne, right? Yes. Okay. He's the billionaire real estate development slash zombie fighting vigilante at night. I completely – this is his Strand boat. It's going to be – if we cover next season, he's going to have a Strand house. Everything – it's uh-huh. going to – he, he – It'd be uh, Strand Nick, Haas. <laughs> Nick boosted the strand key from him. Like <laughs> everything has to has to start with strand or tuxedo. Mm-hmm. I'll allow either one. Okay, the strand is kind of that's his Bruce Wayne. Tuxedo man is a superhero. I'm desperate to drop a knowledge bomb tuxedo right now, boat. but oh? but I can't do it because we have an email. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, there's there's a helicopter that's wrecked. Along the, yeah. Along there's the more city on river. fire. There's more abandoned roads. There's Nick hanging his head out of the window uh, like a Labrador retriever just to personally annoy me. Or like one emailer wrote in with uh, the screenshot of 
what insurance company is it? The one where the pig's hanging out the window going, wee! Yeah, yeah, that that's uh, progressive, right? It's not something, I don't know. It's what you do if you're a pig. Advertising works, folks. <laughs> if you're I a heroin junkie, you hang your head out the window. Yeah. It's what you do. Uh, Madison, they, get, or they arrive at the tuxedo cave, mm-hmm. and Madison apologizes to Nick, not for slapping him, not for slapping him, because she was fully justified in that, but for letting the soldiers take Nick. Yeah. And he goes on this long 420 acid shroom shower thought type speech monologue about him not knowing where he's going and how the world has finally caught up to mm-hmm. him living in the zombie apocalypse. And I'm like, you're going to make this character a apocalypse hipster. <laughs> I've been doing the apocalypse since before it started. Before it was cool. Yeah. Like, all you guys are a bunch of now. It's like fucking scenes ruined. Yeah. I have to get a boat and become a boat hipster now. It's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this guy i want to like you nick i really do yeah i really do but your hair and your members only jacket and your old man <laughs> pants and your manner are making it re- really hard for me to do so yep uh nick then oh, wait wait i almost skipped something Couldn't if, have not, that. if not so i'm still thinking about this cars and people thing in yeah. la if not show me the cars and the people show me the result of the zombie apocalypse right there's no damage to the city whatsoever. No, at no, all. there's several blocks on fire. Like, there's a big bunch sure, sure, of sure. LA. We, that's we on see fire. that at the beginning, but they don't drive past anything that looks nothing. It, yeah, out of out of the ordinary. Other than no cars and people in Los Angeles. I think the one tower that got destroyed in uh, uh, Independence Day is on fire. I think so. Yeah, uh, but show me the zombies then, yeah. right? I mean, if you're driving through the city of L.A., there have to be some zombies. Yeah, like Rick and Shane drive through some random field in Georgia. There's always a zombie stumbling through it. Rick took his fucking horse through Atlanta, and thousands of zombies mobbed him. Yeah. Thousands. You're telling me that there are no zombies in L.A.? I mean, I guess they cleaned, they mostly effectively cleaned it. Then what what the fuck is Cobalt? Uh, yeah. Like, Again. Why firebomb? I guess so. They concentrated all their troops on L.A. I, I think cleared have... L.A., but Atlanta was like, "Oh shit, we just let that go free." Like zombies everywhere. We need to firebomb it. I think they have a "There's no bad idea" brainstorming session in the writers' room, and then they don't go back to be like, "Okay, seriously, now <laughs> they're are writing some a script." Some of those ideas are bad, y'all, and they don't make <laughs> sense put together. They just like whatever, fine, write it, okay. and that's. I'm just, you're right. One of the three, right? Like, I either want to see cars. If the city's overrun because, with zombies, you should see fucking zombies. If the city's been largely cleaned and contained, except for hot spots like the arena and whatnot, then why Project, then why Kobol? Yeah. You're right. That is seems to be an unsolvable conflict in the plot. I don't get it. I don't get it. All right. Uh, Ophelia's alive. Like, I she fully is. expected her to be shot, but she's, she was shot. She was shot. Or something. But it wasn't fatal, and yeah. she just needs some band-aids or something. And Liza's significantly explaining to the Salazars how to care for her, her wounds. Almost as if mm. she's not going to be around for very long, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then she then says g- goodbye to Chris and hugs him and kisses him on the neck. And, doesn't and really he... say goodbye to him. Just says, I love you, Chris. But, yeah. Like, doesn't let him know that it's a goodbye. Right. He feels all warm and fuzzy that he's got yeah. his mom back, and yeah. his dad's here, too. And maybe, maybe they'll get back together. Um, but again, Nick is in the bedroom while Strand's packing some suitcases and whatnot, and he asks him what his plan is, and he's like, uh, I'm just going to stay in constant motion. I'm going to, I'm going to adhere to Newton's first law. It's good enough for Newton. It's good enough for me. And he says, uh, 
he asks Strand if he's insane. <laughs> and he doesn't say he's not crazy. And yeah. even Nick says, like, that's not really an answer. Um, and then we find out as by answer, he swings his pair of like battleship binoculars and we find his big, awesome, huge, beautiful boat is mm. indeed Abigail. Cause he asked him like, where's this Abigail person? The boat's Abigail. Yeah. And he says, the only way to survive in a mad world is to embrace the madness. <sighs> I half expect him to don a squirrel suit and jump off that cliff. I feel like tuxedo man's going to go down the pirate of the Caribbean version of the governor. Hmm. It might happen. He's gonna be cat. He's gonna be Barbosa or whatever. And there's gonna be people walking the plank and keel hauled, and they're gonna to have to put an end to it. It's probably gonna involve the boat burning down or sure. cracking half, hitting an iceberg. I don't know. And then you can have Captain Nick Sparrow once, yeah, once he gets too crazy and is killed. <laughs> it all works out. Oh man, I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean four. Yeah, I or feel five. I don't even know how many they. I have. feel like Kirkman is listening to this podcast like. God damn it, we gotta <laughs> rewrite all season two scripts, these sons of bitches. Yeah, I will not have these assholes be right. <laughs> uh, so, Madison follows Liza down to the beach because she's kind of suspiciously going down to the beach, where Liza reveals she's been bit right on her belly, right in the brisket. Tough place to get bit without damage to your clothing. Yeah, so... I thought that this would make sense if she was in the final moments of helping Exeter, like she's reaching over a patient who just reanimated and he bit her right in the belly. Mm. In the context of the kitchen, yeah, it feels like just putting your arms down by your sides the way you would would protect you from that wound. Yeah, like I, if someone wanted to bite me in the side, they would have to lift up. If I was her wearing my scrubs and an mm-hmm. undershirt and everything, they have to lift up an awful lot of layers yeah. to get at me. I, you know, know. I do feel like Whatever. that this is the Walking Dead's visual shorthand of like, there's nothing to be done for this bite. Like, if it's sure, if you're bit on yeah. the limb, it's like the zombie fans always going to be like, well, whip off that arm or leg, you'll be fine. The neck shoulder is always a better place. Neck, for it, shoulder, right? head, yeah. trunk, you're, you're fucked. Yeah. Because you can't cut off your body. Uh, we don't live in sure. Futurama just yet. <laughs> But whatever, that's nitpicking. I don't care. She and, got bit. And she's got a pistol, and she wants to kill herself, but she can't, so she goes to hand this to uh, Madison, and Madison says, you can't ask this of me. And in, like, Even though I just did. Right? The, the, it's, it, but I'm glad that Liza throws that back in her face, right? But it'll break him. Don't let, Make sure you take care of me. <sighs> yeah, yeah, you just said that to me an episode ago, two episodes ago, whatever. I don't know. I... Yeah, I guess. I mean, there's nothing particularly wrong with this. It's just annoying that Madison is the type of person who yeah. will forget a conversation she had. Yes, having her say that does diminish her. It makes her a lesser character. Yeah. It makes Liza more noble, but you're about to die, yeah. and you're already kind of on noble overload. We want the characters who live to be <laughs> useful Diminished and by the ones dying. Yeah, they're dying. Yeah. Whatever. So, um, and again, she explains... This whole thing about how she knows she's a goner, how the you know it's not the bite that kills you. Well, it is the bite that kills you, but it's not the bite that brings you back. And she explains all this mm-hmm. basic zombology, which I gotta say, the more this show goes into the science of how this virus works, the more I don't like it because it's just pretty damn hard to hmm. believe. Like a zombie virus that's untreatable and it's spread by the bite, and you get it, um, and it takes over your brain. I understand. Yeah, a virus that turns you into the zombie that's latent and it doesn't activate until you die and a corm uh, you know comorbund or whatever the word is for that uh infection 
that is untreatable by any known antibiotic that is all this immediately fatal. I just I don't I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It's it makes less sense the more they dwell on it. Yeah. I, hmm. I don't know. That that's one of those things. That's a basic premise to show that I just take on the face of it. Yeah. And say I'm not going to really think about it. Don't care. This I is agree. what happens. I agree, but this is like the sixth time in this season this has come up. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to explain it again to Travis when he comes down here with his giant lobes and his dumb ass. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I I really don't want to hear this mentioned again. Hmm. Uh, now know, the characters know, right? It's like, fine if Poindexter is experimenting on zombies. Like, I kind of d- dug that, the whole mm-hmm. zombie experimentation and, and like, kind of uh, almost amateur air. air uh our scientist lab stuff like that's cool yeah but this here i i don't know about uh i don't want to belabor the point let's move let's let's keep moving on um why so madison thinks that shooting herself would break travis liza seems to think that shooting liza will break travis Mm -hmm. why the fuck do both of them let the gun end up in (laughs) travis's hands Neither of them. Well, okay, so I don't know why Liza does, but Madison, Madison secretly maybe thinks is that just Travis like, loves her more. Yeah, he doesn't give a shit about Liza. <laughs> yeah, go on. That's not going to break him. Yeah, but Liza certainly thinks it will, right? Yeah. So why let him? I, I don't know, man. I had a serious problem with that, and I thought this this. So going forward, Travis is a broken man. Right? And yeah, this big he's operatic end where he's sobbing and, you know, like if, if things can't get any worse, he gets a wet, sandy crotch courtesy of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> and now he's going to have chafing to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think the show earned the big operatic, everybody sobbing and looking somber ending because I just didn't care about the characters that much, especially yeah, Travis. Mm-hmm. Like Madison having to watch Nick die in front of her. I would have earned that kind of ending. Liza having to watch Chris die, or even maybe Travis died nobly because he's the good man, would have earned that kind of ending. Honestly, Daniel being forced to watch his daughter die, knowing that she thought that he was a scumbag in her last moments, that would have even earned it. This is yeah. bullshit. This is bullshit. This yeah, is going it's bullshit because you don't like Travis. And I, yeah. I, I mostly sympathize. Yeah. Um. I think maybe I like Travis a little bit more than you do. <laughs> but So you're on the sandy beach with him? You hugging him? You kissing him on the neck? No, no. That's I'm what like, I'm saying. Like, why'd you pick up the gun, man, if it was going to do this to you? That's what I'm saying. Like, I think a quieter ending would have worked better. A quieter, almost so like I've, a fade to black, no you know, credits kind of thing, worked work better than the big, you know, licensed song. With I the, think it was well acted, right? Like, really? I, I buy the performances. I don't buy necessarily all of the motivations. Here, let, let me then, throw... No, I'll tell you what, this is Maggie reacting to Beth. Only ten times more so. Yes, she gave a... I don't know about the ten she, times more she so, She gave but a okay. knock-it-out-of-the-park performance for a situation that did not warrant it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I buy that. I, fucked it. Fuck, no. Let that's... me see if I can put a little bit of light on what maybe Travis is thinking here. Okay. He needs to be the one to kill his mom, uh, to kill Chris's mom, because if he doesn't do it and Madison does it, Chris is going to hate Madison forever. There is no way around that. Now, he might hate Travis forever. He might be like, why'd you got to kill mom, dad? Sorry, whinier. Why'd you kill kill mom, dad? I could have killed her better and harder. But but do you think there's any merit to that? The idea that Travis needed to do this. That's a hell of an idea. And if Travis had articulated that. Okay. That I've. I still think it would have been overwrought to have all the, you know, soft rock, 
the tragedy of the wet crotch <laughs> bullshit, uh-huh. but that would have been kind of an awesome idea. Okay, well, I... And, you know, my problem, I, my problem with this show is if two dudes can think of this extemporaneously in a goddamn studio in Cincinnati, why can't a writer's room full of people in L.A. do it? That's the thing. Like, I, I can say I, – I can talk about these ideas that I have, but I don't know how I would show that on screen necessarily. You have like, Travis you just say, have him say it? Is that yeah. interesting? Like, she goes to shoot him, and he goes like, no. Like, what will Chris think? Yeah. Maybe like, that line, That'll that's the yeah, only line. And Yeah. You can't do this. There's no, like, you know, we need to move forward as a family, and if you kill – Okay. Chris's mom. All right, so it's not that hard to come up no, with. No, it's not. <laughs> Again, like, fuck, we could break here, go for lunch, pause the idea for another 30, 40 minutes as professional script writers, and be done. What the fuck? What the fuck? I don't know. Why maybe, are we settling maybe, for this? Maybe that's not what they're going for. Maybe they're just straight up going for... Garbage? Yes. <laughs> to, uh, Tobias, good lord. Travis had to, had to kill her because... He didn't want Madison to do it. Maybe Tobias should be on the cliff with a sniper rifle, and he shot Liza just to save everybody to trouble. There you go. And then we have a mystery of who killed Liza. Yeah, or Tuxedo shoots her from the... With his tuxedo rang. (laughs) (laughs) It's shaped like a a big cuff leg just right through her forehead. (laughs) Or a bow tie. There you go. Yeah. Uh, And then we get a bunch of reaction shots from the usual suspects. Chris Chris is desolate. Yeah. Uh, Alicia's inscrutable. Travis is in a glass box of emotion. Nick's shooting. Although up. Uh, with all oh, the wait, sand no. he's scratching, I guess it'd be more like a cat box of emotion. <laughs> uh, then we get a beautiful sweeping shot of Tuxedo's house, the grounds. We kind of go over. There's a dock that has a bunch of like smaller boats because we had a question of like how would they get? How are they going to get all this shit off to the big boat? Small boat to the big boat. Looks like we're going to be fine. Ton, hundreds of acres of ocean, lots of seaweed. I saw some people on Reddit speculating that the seaweed is to signify some kind of contamination that's started. It's an oil it. spill? Like, are they fracking out it's there? It's seaweed, What's... man. The, the yeah. sea is full of it. Yeah. You know how, like, weeds grow in your backyard if you don't do anything <laughs> to prevent them? Well, seaweed <laughs> is a weed that grows in the ocean, and there's a shit ton of ocean out sure. there, and nobody's really treating it. There's yeah. no weed be gone. Nobody thinks about this. Other than the shit we're pumping into it naturally. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, it's seaweed. It's all seaweed. right. Well, uh, I think I beat my hate boner long enough. All right. Uh, where do we go from here, Jim? Do we have feedback? Uh, we do. We have a lot of feedback. Uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get through it all. We're not doing a wrap up for this season. Um, we're not. We're also not doing a live watch of the first episode of The Walking Dead because we're traveling. Yes, um, we will be watching it live, but we don't have the uh, we don't have the technical capacity to do that with our remote setup. But we will have an instant cast out. We think mm-hmm. um, as long as there's no technical glitches or whatnot. Uh, Sunday night, and we're also not going to have a preview cast for the new season. I mean, here's the preview. We're excited for it. We think the trailers look amazing. Yeah, and we really love. We really do genuinely have affection for the remaining characters of this show. Yeah. And we're interested to see what happens with the cold rolled steel. Mm-hmm. Love cold rolled steel. <laughs> Love it. So we are expecting to have. We're expecting to, to rinse out the mouth, the the the, ba- the bad taste of Fear the Walking Dead is some classic Walking Dead. Yeah, Fear the Walk here. Conspiracy theory. Fear the. They were worried about some sagging ratings, or maybe I don't think there's any rating sagging, but they're the Fear the Walking Dead is new Coke. Okay. The Walking Dead is Coke classic. Mm-hmm. It's essentially a marketing ploy. So New Coke is going to be fucking gone in like, I mean, it was like a year. They right? might bring it, it back, less than that. but they might bring it back. But everybody's going to be they like might, super yeah. fucking excited to see 
uh, The Walking Dead. I think it's a joke that they are because we watched the first. I thought you're going to watch the whole flight, you know, Fear Flight. This is the webisodes thing they're doing where oh, yeah, yeah. it's it's how the zombie apocalypse started on an airplane. We watched the first installment of that, which was like three minutes long, and I'm already like, fuck this. This is Don't watch it until they're all out. It's yeah. useless. Like that is literally a kid having a conversation on the phone with his mom while he's in an airplane and some lady reaching over the seat and slamming his window shut. Yeah, and people That's shushing it. people shushing people. Yeah. And steward and, and uh, stewardesses telling people to sit down and shut up, which happens on every flight that I'm aware of. Turn your goddamn cell phone off for real. Do I yeah. need to get the air marshal over here? Yeah, when we're taxiing away from the runway, yeah. or toward the runway, you your phones are off, man. Yeah. Can we do that when we're flying out to Seattle this weekend? Can we stand up and be like, excuse me, are the flights all grounded? Have the flights been grounded? Mom, I think the flights have been grounded. And uh, then it's a randomly shut people's windows that are in front of us just to be a dick. We should film our own webisodes. <laughs> Probably more entertaining than one. And here's the thing, like, you don't need to drum up interest in The Walking Dead by showing these webisodes each week of The Walking Dead, like... I don't get the marketing aspect of this. Yeah, it must. Like, I've, I've seen the first one. I wouldn't watch The Walking Dead if I wasn't already invested in it. If I'm a fan of Fear the Walking Dead, it's almost a foregone conclusion that I'm in for whatever The Walking Dead's going to go. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't understand what they're doing with it, honestly. I don't know. Like, don't if know. season some... two of Fear the Walking Dead was, the, was going to take over after season 6B... Like next yeah. spring, yeah. doing these to try to keep people's interest drummed up into the new one that would make sense. But this mm-hmm. this is really bizarre play by AMC. Yeah, we'll see. Whatever they know, what they're doing better than I do. I don't know that that's. I think we've conclusively proved that from a uh, showrunner perspective, <laughs> that might not be true. From a marketing and money making perspective, yes, they definitely right. know. You're better. right. So we're, we're we're a couple Hyundai sponsorships away from being able to know better than them on that. Also, I I. Need to get this out there. Do I it. need to let people know that we are looking to to acquire a Martian banner. Oh, so you know, you go to your theater. So we saw the Martian, and we did a podcast about it. We did last uh, had it out on Friday. Yeah, and and we go outside the theater, and we see this big ass banner, like eight foot by ten foot. It's huge of the Martian with Matt Damon's, Matt Damon's face. giant face on it in a spacesuit. We really want to get one of those. I yes. asked the guy at the theater, he's like, "Yeah, they might have some employee stuff where they give that away." It was not, the runaround. We might we burn got. it just to spite you. I don't yes. know. <laughs> yes. We got the runaround and he said call back in a couple of weeks. I don't think that's going to happen. Yes. I don't think we're going to get our local one. So if you know somebody who works at a theater or if you yourself work at a theater and you can get your hands legally do not yeah, get in trouble for no. this. This is not the zombie apocalypse. Take everything that's not no, nailed down. Definitely. If you can legally and not get in trouble with your boss. Let or, us or know. Put in a good word or something. We would love to get one of those banners to put behind Jim specifically. Uh, yeah, I want it right behind me. Matt Damon's giant face back here. Looking at me the entire uh-huh. time. <laughs> and I'll put like LEDs in his eyes or something. <laughs> Red LEDs. There you go. Uh, yeah, so if you know where you can get one of those, please let us know. Uh, you can email us at watchingdead at baldmove.com. Or is it walkingdead at baldmove.com? It's watch, I think it's both, but yeah, watching dead. Watching dead, okay. Uh, and we can we can figure out how to get it here. Yes, we will pay for shipping or whatnot. Yeah. We just, we just want to get our hands on the banner. Absolutely. Okay, now I think we're ready for feedback, yeah? I think so. So it's our final episode of uh, Fear the Walking Dead. 
and I'm not sure if you see value in what we do, honestly. If uh, you know, and there's some people that don't even watch the show and just listen for to us ripping it. There's people that were like us, hopeful that this would be a good show, and uh, you know, were disappointed in its terribleness. If you fi- feel like that, our voice is a valuable part of the the podcast community of The Walking Dead, which I know is huge. There's 30, 40 podcasts doing this stuff. Uh, if if you appreciate our voice, we really could use our support or your support. Because uh, we we don't don't just do The Walking Dead. We've got you know Fargo and The Leftovers coming back. We're doing Game of Thrones uh, next year. We've got a ton of shows that we do year round as a full time basis. And the only way it happens is with uh, your voluntary support. Uh, and there's a way you can do that at club.baldmove.com. You sign up. It's as low as a dollar a month. You get to watch us record the podcast live and on air. Uh, mistakes, warts, farts, and all. Uh, you get to have an ad-free version of podcasts, so you get to opt out of all of our advertising, which I know some people enjoy. And for a buck a month, that's a pretty good deal. We got special content like Lunch with Jim and Aaron and live watches and silent movies and other stuff that we're, we're hoping to make bigger and expand on more. We got uh, – I, I, I don't what, – what else do we got? I don't too much to list the for a, a VIP forum section. Um, so you exactly. can do things like, uh, you know, exclusively vote on what we do for the community commission podcast stuff and, and be a part of what goes on with, with uh, the bald move empire. A lot of cool perks. Um, club that dot com. If you can't be bothered to do that, could you at least remember to use our Amazon affiliate link at Amazon dot com? Super simple. You go to Amazon.BaldMove.com. It automatically takes you over to Amazon.com, except for now your shopping cart pre-injected with the virus that we call love. And it will infect all of your purchases to the extent that we get a little bit of kickback from. And it doesn't cost you anything. That's the thing. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a communal type of virus. It's not a parasitic one. Um, so, yeah, you can do that. Uh, and that actually helps us out a lot. Like a third of our funding comes from Amazon uh, affiliates such as yourself. So if you can do one of those two things and help us podcasting, we would really appreciate it. And thanks in advance to all of you guys who do support us. All right. So we start out with Lisa in Chicago says, uh, has a follow-up on the Monopoly stuff. She says, watching Zombieland after they killed Bill Murray, they play Monopoly in his house. Another homage, perhaps? I pr- Maybe, probably. I don't know. Seems like it could. I be. I do think that they have a soft spot for zombie homages. Yeah. Um. I. 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 I don't like for them to come at the expense of the storytelling. I mean, I don't have a problem with the Monopoly game in the context of what was going on in lieu of the other things that they could have done. Yes, I do. Yeah. Like that's a nonsensical the fuck out of reaction. LA. Sure. No, that's what you do with a three and a five year old. Mm. It's not what you do with a seventeen, a, a, a brilliant yeah. seventeen year old, a, an emotionally mature, intellectually mature seventeen year old, and mm. a world weary heroin addict. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, Mark from Melbourne uh, has a question. We had a question about who's injuring these soldiers, and he thinks he has the answer. He says it's probably desperate people with weapons. Uh, the military has created an extensive clear mm. zone and are maintaining it. People would be desperate to either stay in their homes or move in from a non-safe zone. It would be uh, it would be no surprise if they had weapons to fight back with. Yeah, no, that's true. So I, I think that makes sense. Um, if I if I uh, if if I uh, you know am, am up on my West Coast gangster rap, mm-hmm. it seems like one could could put their hands on an AK. Probably nine. Yes, I think Either I think there are well. Despite despite probably the pretty draconian gun laws in L.A. 
I'm pretty sure there's weapons to be had. That's probably a good. I've heard about that. We even that, saw yeah. one guy with a gun and kind of by his hand that's getting shot. So it's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not the zombies. Sure they fight it's, back. The, it's the uh, freedom resistance or whatever you call it. Homesteaders, yeah. the squatters. Which makes a lot more sense when you know, oh, they're they're going executing people too, just yeah. clearing the place. Yeah. So. Uh, a guy who I will call William Shatner Lunchbox because that's how he signed his email. <laughs> uh, is talking about how they can connect these two stories. He says, what about Bob? The Fear of the Walking Dead ragtag group exhausts all escape options. A thousand walker herd descends on them. And then out of nowhere, an army truck rolls up and the driver is medic Bob. Is his name Stokey? St- Stokey in uh, in Stokey, uh, I think it's Stokey. Okay. Yelling, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> he all says it, it works without time shifts. And, yeah, no. You know, Bob wasn't there at the beginning. You're right. It all works. Honestly... That's the kind of gonzo shit that they need to go for. <laughs> okay. Like, why not? Stop baiting the Emmys. No one's interested in that. Go for go yeah. for some crowd pleasing. And we know that he was with other people, too. Yeah. At the beginning, right? Yeah, sure. Although he seems to imply that they all got eaten. So, well, I mean, they all got eaten to Travis also, and company are doomed. That's there's there's nothing. I mean, maybe this is a short lived season. A series. I like it. Season, season two, two everyone it's done. eats and Bob Stookie just walks off into the sunrise <laughs> heading east. Sweet. Uh, Dan from Philly, speaking of East. Hey, guys, this has to be the most disjointed series ever to have this many viewers. A herd of 2,000-plus zombies follow Barbershop with initial confrontation never to be seen again. An Ed Wood jump, uh, worthy jump cut from night to day where the group make their way through. No zombies. No zombies. Armor Humvees all over the place, and the rapey army guys want a 92 Explorer. <laughs> uh, he doesn't. He says, I don't need to say anything about the cufflinks bullshit. Um with all of this and so much more nonsense that's been done before, what do you have to look forward to in season two? The post-apocalyptic love boat? Yeah, that's it. That is the hook. Honestly, yeah. it's Strand being an interesting, awesome dude yeah. and and being on a boat. And wondering what he's got up his sleeve other than the boat itself, right? And, and what and is Nick able to steal what he's got up his sleeve? <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, the answer. Uh, Heather says, unless I'm mistaken, Strand recognized Nick for a heroin addict straight away without being told. One might assume a person who made his fortune selling heroin would be easily able to recognize an addict. Do you suppose his yacht, Abigail, is stocked with unsold heroin, and these skills Nick supposedly had really just amount to the fact that Nick is now going to have to do whatever he says because he's the only source of heroin around? Man, I kind of like Strand as a Stringer Bell type. Okay. He made his money. He is a developer, but he's also... He made his bones selling heroin on the streets, but now he's got a little bit of scratch, and he's into gentrification. He's going legit. And the unions are coming after him next next episode, (laughs) like you wouldn't believe. Uh, That, I don't know. I mean... I'm ready also for just a well-dressed, successful, shrewd businessman black guy. Who made his? He just has made his money. Yeah, some, honestly, some of these emails I leave in for their comedy. Value. Okay, sure. I'm just not saying, to be taken seriously. I'm just saying. Also, like, yes, I mean that would that actually would fit his back from what we know of his backstory better. But I'm just saying, yeah. as a matter of fact, I'm ready for this to have a guy just being suave and debonair and 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 be, big bags of money. Okay. Uh, this next no email attached. comes from someone who will remain anonymous because there's a big scary legal thing at the bottom of the email can we call them abigail we'll, we'll call from them abigail. abigail yes i don't know that he would appreciate being called abigail but it's, it's a message in a bottle from abigail uh 
here it is. So the reason that I'm writing you is to let you know about Strand's house featured in the finale. FYI, this is the knowledge bomb I was talking about earlier. Mm. Strand is German for beach. Mm. Didn't know that, did you? I did not. It's also the name of another house um, by, I think it's Marmol Radziner. Radziner is the name of this the company who did this project of Strand's home. Like, it's one of those big fancy show houses or whatever. Also, did you know that Radzniger Strand is the uh, the German translation of, uh, shit, I've lost it. Never mind. Shit, I've lost it. Okay, so it stands <laughs> for that. Uh, but they're an architecture. Wet Hot American Summer, yeah, that was the translation. <laughs> they're an architecture firm in L.A., and you can find photos of the home, and he provides a link that I think we should put in the show notes. Uh, and he says it's in an area of L.A. near Long Beach called Palos Verdes. Uh, and also... As a side note, it was Turtle's house in the Entourage movie. <laughs> nice. And it's they, an amazing house. And Abigail apologizes for that, by the way. Mm. Sorry for letting it get in that movie. Uh, it is pretty amazing. And those pictures are just mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, the real estate alone has to be worth big bucks. And then yeah. you chisel, like, a multi-million dollar state-of-the-art state house out of it. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's like a... a they need to put a few more houses next to it, make it a Mount Housemore, Mount, <laughs> Mount Rushmore of houses or some shit. Anyway, Dan P says, I did not by any means love this show, but it's more of a love to hate watch the show. As for Travis being upset about the ex dying, uh, I can tell you from experience that five years after divorcing my wife of 12 years, she passed away from illness. While I didn't have to put her down myself, it was very heartbreaking to me for her to pass away. So I think the writers actually did good, a good job of him being upset by it. Agreed. Now, I, I, guess, I, yeah, I, I, I left this one in there as a counterpoint to the kind of, you know, everybody will feel differently about their exes, right? Sure. Some will absolutely hate them. Mm-hmm. Some will still pine for them. Sure. It, it's all, it's all, sometimes there's you can a spectrum do, sometimes, there. sometimes both, I imagine both could happen in the same body, you know? Maybe like, so, yeah. The human heart is a vast <laughs> continuum of emotions. Yes. Uh, so I, I just want to leave that in there for contrast. Uh, Michael says, I was horrified at Daniel's tactic of leading the herd to the base. As far as these characters know, this is the only outpost of civilization within reasonable distance of their homes. They have an armed camp with medicine, supplies, and plenty of protection. We've seen that the military had been pacified. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, He says, as both Madison and Daniel had taken a stroll around without encountering much danger. I think think the the overall threat here was the the cobalt, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that was the thing that was scary. But they escaped from that. Like, they were not going to be exterminated. I mean, so, so do you buy that Daniel would unleash 2,000 zombies on American troops to rescue his wounded wife? And I do. Like, I don't think he gives zero fucks about that in his moral calculus. Family Probably. is everything to him. But it's troublesome that, that the good man is there right alongside, right? True. Madison and Travis are both like, no one no yeah. one even so much as objected to this. They went straight from condoning torture to let's 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 release all these guys as a diversion. Knowing that knowing all of them will die. die yeah. If not all of them. And then also, but they weren't along the plan enough to kill Handsome Soldier. Right. It's a way to tie it. Yeah, fuck this show. So dumb. Uh, anyway, he goes on there... Uh, their scorched earth mission to liberate their friends resulted in the death of more than 100 people, as well as the only doctor they know. It also destroyed the only link to the rest of the country. I can only imagine how many other people will also die off camera as the herd wipes out their neighborhood and others. 
How different is this from the governor's assault on the prison in The Walking Dead? In both cases, the attacker uses zombies as a weapon to destroy a viable human habitat. In both cases, lots of people died. It seems to me that both lives and safe locations would be at a premium in this universe. Things look bleak for us if every conflict results in massive loss of life and the elimination of another safe zone. Uh, also, am I the only one who noticed when they drove out of their neighborhood, they left the gates wide open? Oh, no, I thought that that's something we noticed in the live watch, and I thought that yeah. was, I mean, yeah, you're essentially abandoning all these people having nice candlelight dinners to death mm-hmm. by zombie, but I don't think any of these people cared. No, they don't. And again, that's the thing. It's like there's all these things. I'm sure there's five other things that would bug me about the soldier situation if I actually thought about it. But like when I come up with three reasons that this plot line's not working, I'm like, okay, I can stop there. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of people wrote in just with like, I can't believe that these people are so hard already. Like, but willing to kill many, many people. Situationally hard. What do you mean? Like, if they have soft spots about their family, well and good. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, oh, we, well, sure, we'll torture this guy, and then we'll unleash hell torture upon and this murder, whole base fine. of mm-hmm. people that have family and people that care about them. Yeah. But whoa, whoa, we're not going to kill this guy. Yeah. You know, I guess that's like, maybe that's it. realistic and like kind of like, it's not me doing it. Like, yeah. I can't pull the trigger. You can lead a walker to You can lead a walker brains, the, but you can't make, it make eat. him eat it. Yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> zombie's choice. Sure. Uh, Paul in Melbourne writes, Liza runs off like a little baby. Maddie follows her for Liza to show her a bite. Then she says, you got to do me. I'm infected, even though I still look healthy as fuck and I'm functioning like the rest of you. Uh, I could easily say goodbye to my son, but no, just shoot me right here. Does not make any sense seeing how she cares so much about Chris, not even to say goodbye to him. It really pisses me off. Yeah, what do you make of that? She doesn't really say goodbye to Chris at I all. See, I see, I feel like my dad would do that. Just give you a hug yeah love like your son because like, he's go got out to the back and shoot yeah me. man like some people have got this really whew, all right really interesting way and i don't know maybe i'm not giving my dad enough credit but i feel like that's he would think that's the best like i don't want anyone to cause a fuss over me and this is it would be easier if you just find out that the thing that that i'm gone and it's or there's no debate and there's no you know, it's like ripping the Band-Aid off versus... Yeah. So I feel like there are people that Doesn't would want to that a scene Yeah. But Until he's gone and you realize he's... Is Liza that person? I don't know. Like, is... Tri- I, I, I don't know. And I don't care I enough mean, she, to have the debate, honestly. She had her goodbye, but she didn't give Chris a goodbye as a thing. Like... Yes. She had her moment with Chris, it but Chris didn't realize that was the That's moment. something that's supposed to be selfless, but it seems like it's selfish. Anything a that bit. robs a yeah. person of their agency, like, Chris should get to, tr- could, should get to decide... And I guess you do it either way. Like it's one of those yeah, decisions you don't where really you make have it, and there's there's no way to have your cake and eat it too. Like, hey, Chris, you know, a year ago before the zombie apocalypse, hey, in the case that I'm fatally wounded, do you want me to just off myself, or do you want to have a tearful goodbye first? Uh-huh. Like, is that some like there's there's, there's like a 500 page questionnaire that you should give to your kids mm-hmm. when they come of age about With how they want to handle all that. all sorts of scenarios? So, sure, yeah. sure, yeah. Uh, your mom dies. And I'm ready to get my freak on five years later. Do you want to know about all the sex? You know, <laughs> sure, sure. If you find my Viagra prescription, should we just pretend like you didn't, even though we both know you did? Should we have a talk about <laughs> senior citizen sex? All those things should be covered. All right. You, well, you better start writing up your document for your kid. <laughs> what do you think bald move is? <laughs> 
It's your own eulogy. Is yes, that it's, it's just a journal of how fucked up your old man was before I shuffled off the mortal coil. Maybe right. you'll appreciate it. Maybe you'll be like, yeah, heard enough after an hour. It's, it's your choice, son. This All is right. your inheritance. Beverly writes in with some defense of the U.S. military here. He says, I have to call bullshit on the ridiculous hatchet job they've done in, on the U.S. military. Every bad guy in this show is a U.S. soldier. Every single one. Literally the only bad people in all of L.A. are members of our nation's armed service. Although I would argue that Daniel is probably a bad guy as well. Uh, all the hotheads and gun that's nuts. That's shitting on the El Salvadorian armed forces. Uh, you're true. You're right. You're right. That's absolutely true. Uh, all the hotheads and gun nuts and road rangers, ragers and gang members, they're all on their best behavior. But the soldiers are the bad guys. Not even the zombies are as bad as the soldiers. Mm. Uh, she says she's got the same worries about martial law as any sane person, but this show has just gone out of its way to make ordinary rank and file soldiers into monsters. I mean, yeah, some of that is like okay. she she mentions, you know, that we're a few days into the apocalypse. These soldiers are bugging out and they have time to stop and harass a girl uh, and threaten rape and all these horrible things. They didn't things. really. That was the implication. That's like like Dennis. <laughs> You're, yeah. you're on you're out in a, it, They're on a the, boat. There's nowhere to go. It's the implication. Yeah. Uh but there was no actual like that's us reading into it because I guess that's what we were afraid of. And then you know, it turns out nothing happened. Yeah, the only good it's guy soldiers I can happen. think in the entire Walking Dead are the ones who were murdered by the governor for being soldiers. Yeah. And yeah. who knows? They might have I mean, I Yeah, I mean, here's the thing like the Walking Dead is pretty much a pessimistic tale of human nature. I actually don't think it's true. I think that, you know, people are, are better hmm. than that. Uh, but yeah, then I'm again, to... there's many, many war atrocities that would say otherwise. Um, I think people in general are probably better than that. But I like I don't. And this early in the zombie apocalypse, like I feel like people would be helping each other out more. You'd have guys like like Daniel who's been shaped and warped by life to be this pessimistic. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think it's entirely pessimistic and bleak and, and dark with no real insight into the human condition either. <laughs> All right. I mean, you got – I don't know. I struggle with, with people like Rick, right? I mean, how much is Rick doing the things he's doing to preserve his life or how much is he doing them because he's a bad guy? I feel like it's the former. Yeah. So like I don't I don't but, know that I buy that everybody's bad. But I'm saying like if you're looking at your singling act professions like soldier, like cops, yeah. like Rick was a good one, Shane was a bad one, Dawn was a bad yeah. one. Mm-hmm. You know, doctors, most of the doctors have been, you know, some kind of sycophantic or actively evil people. You count Herschel. <laughs> Uh, no, he's a vet. I know, but in the apocalypse, he's a doctor. Right? Uh, he's as good as a doctor. Sure, but you know, he also was crazy, pinning up zombies in his barn for a while. It's I'm true. like, there's not a lot of professions that come off good because it's just such a pessimistic, bleak look into this savage heart of humanity. Um, so it's like I get it that like the soldiers were like a pervasive part of this series, but you know, if you're just talking percentage wise. There was a few that's clearly like were not pleased with the way that their CO was off, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. handling himself and the rules they're put under and all that. But and I agree again, total missed opportunity to make what's his nuts the crazy lieutenant. What was his name? Mort Morrissey. I don't even remember. Uh, the whatever. golfing, yeah, the leader of these these troops here missed opportunity to make him sympathetic. 
And like maybe he has to take they a just, villain turn, they but killed like, him off screen. I mean, yeah, I'm about to say. But I'm saying like a golden opportunity to make him a, to a sympathetic character that maybe is pressed to do something by necessity that you might as a reasonable person agree with. Yeah, I. But they never ever tend to take that shades of gray unless they're dealing with their hero and how far they can be pushed before, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she goes on also as a final note. The entire. Bites are fatal, but they aren't what turns you into a zombie thing. Really just doesn't make any sense. Cosine. It, it never did. Uh, and talking about it only highlights that. Are we to believe that two unrelated but coordinating pandemics broke out at the same time and just happened to work together? In one, zombie scratches make you get sick and die. And, and it happens another, overnight. It happens overnight. Sure. And there's no cure for that. And then another disease is passed to every little human, every living human being and is entirely symptomless unless you it causes you to turn into a zombie upon yes. your death. That is really unfortunate. Yes. <laughs> that is a one-two punch. That is a bad yeah. deal. Yeah. So moving on, JB says... That's like the asteroid hidden Earth, simultaneously Turok the dinosaur hunter gets sucked <laughs> in a time portal. The dinosaurs were fucked either way, but both of them together, what are you going to do? <laughs> you got the asteroid, now Turok's running amok? What the hell? Yeah, it's a bad way. Also, it's ironic considering the asteroid <laughs> and the dinosaur <laughs> combo. Uh, JB says, I've heard you guys question why Strand would have traded his watch for the cell key a couple of times now. Uh, he says, I think if you were locked up in a situation like that, you would probably want the key too. Uh, I I wanted to put this in here to to clarify because that's not what we were saying. We're saying it's a bad trade for the soldier. Like, the soldier giving him the key doesn't make any sense because all he's getting is a watch. I think I understand now. Like I'm, I'm again. There is nothing in the show that directly supports this. But if you, if you have as a headcanon that this was kind of a, uh, this is a racist term, Mexican standoff. Yeah, I mean but, that's but what you know called. what I'm saying. Yes, it's the Mexican standoff situation where. I've got safe passage on, with a bunch of supplies on this boat. So if things go to shit, I will help you get there. And as proof of that I'm a, a person that I am, here's a bunch of rich guy stuff. And you, for your part, will give me the key. So if you, something happens to you, I yeah. can still you know make make off with this whole situation. So it's kind of like a mutually assured success or destruction mm-hmm. to minimize how much skullduggery and fuckery goes on. I think it makes that sense. That makes sense. But again, we could have seen some of that. That would have been interesting. Sure. Maybe a flashback where you actually see how the 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 deal went down. I think it's I think it's suboptimal for a show like The Walking Dead to leave that to our imagination. I think if you really I, I don't know. I don't want to get into speculation on what they should have done or anything like that mm-hmm. right now anyway. Uh, Lisa W. goes on, uh, I'm not sure if it will come up, but I am an administrator at a community college in Illinois. Community colleges are regarded as units of local government and as such are poised to be utilized in cases of civic emergencies. As swine flu panic was ratcheting up around 2009, we had several meetings regarding contingency plans should campus need to be overtaken for public health staging. While the series may or may not have generally followed plausible scenarios, it was totally realistic that the medical compound was a community college. So that's kind of a cool detail, right? Hmm. Like that those plans actually exist and that that would probably be the place they turn to. Yeah, it's interesting because I remember that when the during, during that bad. that swine flu pa- pandemic uh, panic that everybody went through a while back. Because the company I was working at was a big, large, multi- regional company, and we did the same thing. 
like not from a you know uh, government standpoint, from a private. It's like you know what happens if this you know how do you continue to do business? Hmm. You know, technologically, procedurally, succession planning. Like, how would you make this company tough enough to withstand succession like that? planning? People yeah. are going to die from swine flu, dude. Like, if ten percent, random ten percent of your employee force is wiped out. Like, what, what do you mean by wiped out? Killed? Ten, by died? Swine flu? Yes, yes. I, are you employing the exceptionally old or young? No, but this, the thing is, is the uh, people are really scared that that would the, the mortality of that would be much higher than normal. And okay. you know, you do I never have was. you do I'm, have those like I'm well skeptical about what happens if it mutates but... in something like the sure. influ- Spanish influenza. Sure. Yeah. Then then it's like it targets the young and healthy, and now you're really fucked. So yeah. um I yeah, I just thought it was yeah, I I think that's it's interesting. And I wonder how sure. many people still have the dust blown off in those. That's like one of those things where it's what's in the news, let's do it. Like but you can't keep that kind of focus. Keep you know what I'm saying? Like I no. like are those plans still existing? And are they oh, ready to be oh, implemented if it actually happens now? Yeah, they're probably in some computer file somewhere. Right. Ready to go if they need them. You can't plan. You can plan for everything, but you can't be ready for everything simultaneously all the time. I don't even know if you can plan for everything. Yeah, can't well, you can, plan for, you can plan for things that you have direct experience. Yeah, you can't plan for things you don't know that you have to worry about. Sure. Starting to quote Donald Rumsfeld here. We need to move <laughs> on. Andrew says, I listened to the instant cast this morning and had some difference of opinion on some things you said. First of all, Nick's speech at the end, you guys mentioned it was strange uh, and how Nick was saying something along the lines of how he was waiting for the apocalypse. Now, something like this would set him straight. He took it completely differently, and I think he took it how we took it on the second watch. That's the problem with the instant cast is we don't always get it on the first watch. Especially Plus, I, while we're cracking jokes, the whole yeah. Time. And I mean, I I'm I'm aware that I'm not exactly 100 percent fair in everything that's happening on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's, we talked about this. You reach a point where your suspension of disbelief just gets thrown out the window, and then it's just uh, you're out for blood. Sure, yeah. Um, but he he basically is saying the same thing that we said at the beginning of this episode. So I'll skip that. Uh, number two, Strand and the bartering of the watch. We'll go over this one more time. <laughs> Because uh, I'm bad at doing this email stuff. Give me a break. You mentioned an issue with Strand getting a key for only a watch. I think there was more to the barter. Um, and he talks about this. You're talking chickens, th- this pigs? Is, this is the guy I was talking about earlier who wrote in about this. Um, yes, there were chickens. There were pigs. A bride uh, There of was some a goat sort. who had his throat slit open on the floor of a diner. <laughs> uh, no, he's basically saying that what we said earlier. You know, you're my ride out of here and I want okay. a, a spot on Abigail. So skip your entire email, Andrew. Dry pie is what we call that. <laughs> Ben says, I'll spare my full thoughts on the good man, but I'd just like to say I found it laughable that the lookout guards at the military camp didn't see the 2,000 walkers the barbershop lured coming a mile away. Oh, there was a dog leg. There's a dog leg in the road. <laughs> Everyone knows you can't see walkers no, heard around a dog is, leg. This is walking dead science. Yeah. <laughs> There's a 90 degree bend in the road. You will not see or hear anything approaching. Yeah. He says maybe they were wearing Dale's hat underneath their helmets. <laughs> there you go. We should Photoshop Dale's Dale's bucket hat onto every one of those soldiers. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Brian from Maryland says, I also recently watched Narcos, which was excellent, uh, and it made Daniel more of a gray character, uh, even though fear wants him to be seen as evil. During the show, the police and officials could either take money and work for Pablo, or they could have their entire family hunted down and killed. Yeah. Which is essentially the Daniel conundrum. Letter silver. What you going to take? Exactly. Uh, and this is how he interpreted the two chairs that he was talking about, or the two men, one chair. It's it's one chair, two men. 
Um, from an American point of view, he's evil for the torture, but not necessarily for Latin American survival point of view. Yeah, there, there are grays in life, certainly. He also says, what happened to Cobalt? I didn't see any firebombing or planes, helicopters in general, not to mention cars. Uh, I don't... I don't know. We we speculated that Cobalt was the firebombing. I don't know that it actually was. There is a lot of L.A. on fire, but that could just yeah. be... I mean, half of California is on fire at any given time yeah, anyway. Exactly, right. But yeah, I, I think the fires I saw didn't say firebombing to me. No. They said out random, out-of-control No fires. firefighters yeah. there to take care of it. Exactly. Yeah. So I I don't know about... I don't know what exactly Cobalt was, but... I mean, maybe... I mean, there's there's still hope that, you know, we're what... T minus 11 days into, or T plus 11 days into zombie apocalypse-ish, 11, 12 days. There's still some cool imagery we might get off the coast of L.A. Like, of the city just being burnt to the ground or raised or whatever. I mean, there's still things that they could do in season two. And that's the thing, like, if our our bitches were just about that kind of stuff, then, like, you know, we'd be sad sack individuals. But I got over that episode, too, when they completely abandoned L.A. Yeah. I was like, well, it sucks that they're... Nine days later. Yeah, that they're not showing any of this, but episode three, what so do you they do? they could have that. Yeah, I, I feel like Cobalt was a little bit... It didn't seem as scary as what we were led to believe in, in episode four and five. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it ever happened. I think most of the soldiers were supposed to do Cobalt were like, fuck this, we're out. Yeah. Or they got overran before they could implement it. Yeah, it felt like once their commander died, the ranks just fell apart, right? And everybody bugged out. <laughs> Cobalt to the was the brainchild of this lieutenant. <laughs> it the probably National Guard. was, yeah. Yeah, everybody else thought it was a bad idea, but you know. What are you Moyers do? really wants to do this Cobalt thing. Uh, Michael says, I wanted to address a couple of things, but above all else, the hate you guys seem to have for Travis. He's going to stand up for Travis here. He's a good guy. He seems to genuinely care I that, about... I think the title established that, yes. I, yes, he did. Good guy, Travis. He seems to genuinely care about the people around him. Why is that always a bad thing in this world? Okay, so he almost got Barbershop's daughter killed for being that way. But I don't see uh, this good man being an asshole just yet. There has to be room for good people in a world like this, I believe. This family is still intact, and he's pretty much responsible for all of them. Dads usually don't get any credit for the jobs they do or the sacrifices they make, as evidenced by the ties, socks, and clay ashtrays we get on Father's Day. The fact that no one, even his own family, seems to respect Travis makes me feel all the more sympathetic to his plight. Mm, There's a dad who's got some ashtray-shaped holes in his heart. (laughs) I feel for you, man. I feel for you. No, he's got all the ashtrays he can handle. (laughs) Clay ones, too. You drop that thing, it's done. Um... Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's but that's the Walking Dead you got the problem with, not us. They're depicting the good man as a bumblefuck moron. <laughs> like, I think it's interesting that you could have yeah, good yeah. people that do tear. I mean, there's so many better shows that do this well. Oh, I agree. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I hate Travis because, again, I think in a zombie apocalypse, like that's the whole thing in my survival guide uh, that, that, that I like writing occasionally. You can be a good person, and you can even maybe have a soft head, but sure as hell can't have both. Hmm. And good people that are, especially like when you're, you're you're trying to hold on to the trappings of good people, like demanding burials for the dead. That's the kind of stuff that has no, that's not making you a good person. That's making you an idiot. So like, you know, helping out your neighbors, helping out your family, Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to help out the weak and protect them from the strong and the vicious. Those are all laudable things that 
I feel like The Walking Dead might have two opinions on, but some of the stuff that they do where it's like, I feel like the good man versus pragmist argument is always about stuff like, we have to bury this person. You know, we have to waste time doing this nicety, or we have to, you yeah. know, it's it's never... It's about morale more than yeah, actually being a good person. Yeah, yeah, it's more about um, some of the stupider ethics, politically correct hmm. stuff. You know, the, the Judeo-Christian traditions more than it is about being a, a good person. Okay. Like, you know, like Father Gabriel. He's not a good person. He's an asshole. <laughs> He's a cowardly asshole. Yeah, who rats like, out his whole group. That's sure. like, you know, you put him, it's like, and I'm supposed to have an honest debate about who's better, him or Rick? No, Fuck there's Gabriel. no question. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, you know, the, the governor versus Rick. It's like, there's never really a struggle about, oh, I guess I see this guy's point, or I see how forces have shaped him. We never get that. It's always cartoonish villain versus you know, anti-hero. Yeah. So the anti-hero always looks good by comparison. I thought, well, if yeah. you had to, if you had to eat that much spaghetti or whatever it was, <laughs> beef a Rooney, beef a Rooney, you'd be, you'd turn into the governor too. Yeah, no doubt. He was a point of fact, he was already the governor before the beef experience. So yeah. that's not even an excuse. I mean, the governor was a good guy until that point. Good guy, governor. Yeah. Good guy, governor <laughs> until boom, beef explosion. Uh, all right. So we have a more serious email here. Uh, pondering the nature of violence and The Walking Dead. Oh, I'm ready for it. Uh, it's from John. He says, This season of The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, has rubbed me the wrong way from the very beginning. These last few episodes have really amped up the extreme violence is always the answer nonsense that makes up the moral backbone of The Walking Dead. Shanti Collins articulates this idea much better than I can in his review of the finale. Um, and that's a review from Decider.com. Hmm. He's been talking about this for years, but it never really hit me until Fear the Walking Dead. From his finale recap, should I do like a Dan Carlin history voice? <laughs> it's important to understand why this violent show... No, I'm not going to do it. It's important to understand why this violent show, among the countless ones now offer, now on offer and racking up gangbuster reviews as well as ratings, stands out. What's wrong with Fear the Walking Dead and the show that spawned it that isn't wrong with Game of Thrones... Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, The Wire, The Americans, and on and on and on. To find the source of Fear the Walking Dead slash The Walking Dead's ethical failure, you have to go look at an artistic failure, a hole in the writing the show falls into time and time again. On those other shows, characters are represented are presented with moral choices between right and wrong options. One side may look more appealing or viable than the other. One may have better or worse repercussions. One may be easier to live with or live through, but their nature is never truly in doubt. Fear the Walking Dead is different. It repeatedly offers characters and viewers alike a false choice, one in which the only options are brutality and survival on the one hand, or naivete and death on the other. Yes. In this closed moral circuit, violence is both vital and virtuous. No other correct answer is allowed. He asks us what we make of that. I feel, I mean, that's a more, it's a smarter, more articulate version of what I just said five minutes ago. Like, yes, that's exactly, yeah. it's, it's, there, there are choices that are not choices. And that's why it, I don't know. It's it's just it's something very juvenile and adolescent about the way the show is written. Um, and yeah, it, it, and, I, it, and I don't know why it like I don't even think the comic is that bad. Hmm. Um, that there's like even more, maybe even more shades of gray. Well, maybe not. I don't know. There's some. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's hard to say because you fill in a lot of the comic yourself, right? Yeah. So 
I mean, the beats are there, but I agree. I, I would like to see a little bit more where you almost empathize with the villains or you are openly critical of the heroes and for good reasons, not because they're doing stupid shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what, what he said. Like the choice is always between brutal, brut, brut, brutality and survival or death and, and, and naivete, not just yeah. death from, you know, it, it, yeah. Either being naive or too kind to, to, uh, I mean, it just shows that kind and naive people are completely unprepared to deal with this circumstance. It's kind of now, depressing I, because I'm looking at the Alexander Safe Zone in the new lens as like Kirkman needs to keep this brutality versus naivete engine going. No one's going to believe there's this big of idiots and naive, naive people, you know, years into the zombie apocalypse. I know I'll make this self-sustaining cold rolled steel paradise where mm-hmm. people can be still naive and juxtapose them over uh, against Rick. And the point is these people aren't fit to survive. Yeah, so we can tell this because story. Because they're not violent we enough. Can, we can tell this story one more time. Yeah. And then... And I, I think there's a distinction to be made between the violence that is is a necessity sure. against zombies, against the thing that's tr- actively trying to kill you, and the violence against other humans. I'm not arguing against violence. I love violence. I think violence is 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 dramatic. I mean, you don't if you don't have conflict, you don't have drama. But I do sure. I do like to think a bit and, you know, well, that's the thing. I, do, I either do or I don't like give me Fast and Furious 7 where it's like everything can yeah. be solved with a fucking car and the application of ga- gasoline or give me something where I'm actually thinking. But don't like ask me to half engage my brain and make moral decisions and then give me ludicrous ones to, to work with. Yeah. yeah. Choose a path and then stay in that lane. All right. Uh, moving on, Jay says, I don't know if you watched The Talking Dead. I didn't. I do not. I don't. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that it was revealed that we will learn more about Madison in season two, including where she is originally from. They kept bringing up her southern accent, which I never noticed. I, me either. And there is speculation that she might be related to Rick Grimes. What? In the comic, Rick Grimes has a brother that hasn't been shown. Uh, the story is something like he didn't keep in contact with Rick after Lori chose Rick over him. Could, in the TV Walking Dead universe, Madison be Laurie's sister, and she lost out on Rick? I don't know, man. Is that interesting? Uh, does it add any... So it doesn't add anything to The Walking Dead, right? It can't. Like, I don't give a shit about that. Does it add anything to Fear the Walking Dead? No. No. I Yeah, I don't, I don't think... I feel like that's... That's something that like a fan would read and be like, oh, that's a cool idea. But then you start to think about it. It's like, no, it's not really. Well, I mean, the the key is a fan did come up with this idea, right? He says there's speculation that she might be related to Rick. Not, oh. not the creator said she's related to Rick. Well, it's like kind of like if, her if, before you saw the prequels, if someone said, hey, it turns out like Yoda and Chewbacca, Chewbacca were best buds. All right. And like mm-hmm. they like palled around, and like he's gonna hang yeah. out on Chewbacca's shoulders, and he's gonna not put... executing orders. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been like okay, that's kind of cool. But then when you see it on the film, it's like oh, that just <laughs> suddenly the universe seems like it's about yay big. Like everybody mm-hmm. knows everybody, and Darth Vader built C three PO, and what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of this thing. It's like really like that. It has to be really hella interesting to mm-hmm. to make that kind of leap and connection. Yeah. We'll see what they do with that. They just mentioned the Southern accent, so I don't know. I didn't even, frankly, notice the Southern accent. I I didn't notice any real accent. Yeah, well, I don't notice my own accent, but people tell me I sound like a cowboy, so. 
All right. I feel like I have a fairly it's a little bit of a hick Midwestern accent, but uh here's some more stuff from The Talking Dead. Uh Patience says on The Talking Dead, what's his face producer? I don't actually know what his face is either. Uh said that fear has not yet reached the point where Rick wakes up from his coma, but their goal is for fear to catch up so that the two shows will be occurring in the same time. Fuck you. I care so, nothing about so what this my... man says. He's a charlatan, and he's pe- he's peddling a pack <laughs> of lies. So next email. <laughs> all right. All right. She was Because he also told me before this season the it wasn't going to be West Coast Walking Dead, so fuck you, whoever you are. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Wait Sorry, a second. Patience. I want to look this up on IMDb <laughs> so I can personally tell this guy to fuck off. What, go ahead and read the next email. Not the emailer, to be clear. No, no. no Patience okay. B, I, I'm cool with. All right, good. Uh, Jeremy from Pennsylvania. Dave Erickson. <laughs> Fuck you in particular. Okay. Is he the producer? He's the crits. He's built he's as a creator. creator. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's the person they're quoting. So Probably so. All right. Jeremy from Pennsylvania says, Strand, potential main character or token black guy with the death sentence? Knowing this show, I can't honestly tell. What's the verdict? How long do you think he'll last? Well, so I feel like he's going to be a main character next yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, I don't think The Walking Dead has a hard on for killing black men. I think they're just completely oblivious. They're stumble fucking their way into they just, a bad reputation. They they give no more care and thought about the balance of minorities and how they're played than they do about anything else in the show. Yeah. So even when people have brought it to their attention and they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, well, we'll try to do better," they f- open up with a smorgasbord of of killing black men. So. I don't think it's intentional. I no, think it's no, no. it's not malicious. It's just uh, incompetence. And they've killed a lot of other people in the show. So sure, it's not like only the black men are being killed. Come on! N- but in the first three episodes, you could be forgiven it for was saying only the black, black men. men. Yes, yes, I sure three named characters. Bam, bam, bam. Might even been four. And we even made a point. It's like surely they're not going to. Nope, they did. I I think this black male is sticking around for a while. He's too interesting of a character not to, in my opinion. I don't know. I just I feel like if you got a show that has a particular reputation and you're called out for that reputation. Oh, it's fair. I'm not saying it's completely yeah. unfair. It's just well, I'm not I saying it's fair to criticism. Be... Of course, fair. I'm just saying that I can only say that the uh, the resultant uproar is due to incompetence. Okay. Because I don't think they want to piss people off. They just don't think about it. Yeah, I mean that's so. I mean to answer your question, I think Strand is here for a while. I do too. At least season two. Yeah. Uh, Matt E, this episode was such a great example of why, for all their talents, the production teams making The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead don't know how to look at their own show as the audience does. And I, I don't know that I totally agree with Matt here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this anyway. It's a point of dissent. Uh, I don't care that Travis is upset about having to be violent because I already knew he would have to. I already knew from having seen The Walking Dead and knowing what was required of survivors, so all of the drama of Travis euthanizing Liza was ruined by my irritation at having had to wait so long for him to accept the situation. Having seen The Walking Dead already has ruined my ability to understand how these people just don't get it. Conversely, I think my having seen Breaking Bad before its prequel Better Call Saul did nothing to ruin my enjoyment of seeing those characters on their set paths. I'm very curious to hear what people have, uh, what people that have not watched The Walking Dead think about Fear the Walking Dead, if it perhaps makes more sense. Well, we had a people, a couple of people early on in the season write in and say that and I think they were like enjoying it or not overly hating it. Of course, then again, the jury is kind of still out. Like I didn't hate the, the fear of the walking dead and in, in by the second, third episode. Yeah, I think so. The reason I'm not totally on board with Matt here is. 
Are we the like audi- you mentioned? Yeah, we don't want to hear this over and over again mm-hmm. as the audience, but as an audience, we should recalibrate our expectations a little bit, knowing when this series is going to take place, right? We're going to have to have that conversation at least once. Mm-hmm. And these characters aren't going to make the decisions that Rick, Carol, Daryl would, right? Sure. Because they don't know any better. And I right. think that's an inherent part of the show. And if you can't get over that as an audience member, yeah, you're definitely not going to like it. Yeah. And also just the idea that they're not in touch with the audience. I'm not sure that's true because The Walking Dead at its peak has 18 million people watching it. Mm-hmm. The Watching Dead at its peak has last year, what, 40,000 people listening to it? Our, our and, podcast, yeah. And half of those are hate listening to it because they think we're haters and it, they get they get their hate boners just like we do. Sure. So, like, certainly there's a lot of people. Like, I listen to Bill Simmons raving about The Walking Dead, and he's watching a completely different show than I am. He's watching a brainless show about guys running around killing zombies good with some attractive women thrown in and some ludicrous dialogue for him to just turn off his brain on a Sunday and enjoy. Mm -hmm. I'm watching a show that's got some decently written characters that I care about, and I'm wanting to see them cleverly survive, and and occasionally they come across zombies and they have to overcome. You know what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. literally two different shows you're watching. Yeah. To where Bill is like when they try to get highbrow, Bill Simmons goes like, "What is this fucking bullshit?" And when they just <laughs> completely go in the brain disengage mode, I go, sure. "What is up with this full this bullshit?" And we're the 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 that's the crisis of. We're out identity that it has, though, right? When they had Frank Darabont and I view doing that as one a problem, show, a and they took problem. it away from it and they gave it to the other guy to the other show. That's been the war for this thing. This and also, but that's a problem, right? I mean, it's not something. It's a problem that, for us. It's not a problem for the majority of people. But it's half the time. It's going to be a problem for yeah. half the people, right? I don't know. If it's half the people because, like, if you go into like r slash the walking dead on reddit so you're saying there's around another, emmy time another it's all about like i cannot believe the walking dead is getting snubbed oh come on people come and on. i'm like look i get it if the walking dead is the only show you've seen uh-huh. outside of reality television it probably blows you away and has you gobsmacked on a regular basis of how good it is yeah but if you've seen any of the other competition on basic cable or premium cable it's got a lot of problems so you're saying there's a third group of people who don't watch it for either of those reasons. Yeah, like Bill Simmons is Bill Simmons different. is a very well educated pop culture type of guy. Like he appreciates yeah. the Wire and the Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad for what it is. But he's able to he sees The Walking Dead as this other class because he also enjoys Jersey Shore and Road World, Real World Road Rules Challenge and all that stuff. And he puts The Walking sure. Dead in that latter category. Where brain goes off and he just watches people run, and when it goes the other lane, he gets annoyed. That's what I mean. So yeah. you're you're saying there must be another group which is not annoyed by the brain dead stuff and is not annoyed by the heady stuff. No, they actually think that's like you know. But really they're somewhere awesome. in the middle, and they like both, and they they just appreciate them at different times. Like, I mean, maybe like it must be. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to insult the audience on the off chance of listening <laughs> to this podcast, but it's kind of like. What impresses you as a teenager growing up? Like the first time you see a particular plot executed. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's amazing. And you don't know that that was done so much better in 10 other movies and television shows before you. Yeah, the, the Japanese already did it better. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, there you go. There's Hunger a, Games. You see something like that. Sure. Um, 
and so there's always those people that's the first time they're exp- they're exposed to a particular class of television and even if it's mm-hmm. the lower end of that class of television it's still the best thing they've ever seen sure and you can't fault them for that yeah but like you know it's just frustrating when you see people weigh in at emmy time it's like look if you haven't seen the other competitor i mean i've been that person like watching the oscars as an 18 year old thinking like yeah. oh my god why isn't why is it my favorite science fiction show? Why is it getting a shaft? Yeah. What is this? You know, what What are these the other things? These these dramas. Patrick Stewart doesn't win an Oscar for yeah, his, his performance right. as Jean-Luc Picard. Why doesn't the next generation ever get it? You know, why doesn't he ever win? It's like, well. Yeah, because it's not that good. Yeah. Like from that kind of perspective. I wasn't watching Hill Street Blues and St. Elsewhere and the other contemporary good television when yeah. Homicide, Life in the Streets. Like, why does it keep winning and Star Trek gets nothing? Well, sure. it's because it can't hold Homicide's jock. That's why. Hmm. All right. Bill from Houston. Final email. There's something seriously off with Strand. I can't believe anyone hasn't mentioned it yet. How can this guy have a suit in such great condition 10 days into the apocalypse while in a prison cell, no less? No wrinkles, no stains, not even a scuff mark. I did notice that. Well, you know, we didn't get to see Does all... Does he sleep standing up? We didn't... Well, he could be a vampire. Strand is kind of a okay. vampire. Stra- close yeah, to Strad. Strand. Close, yeah. close to Strad, which is the... Uh, I, I believe that's the D&D vampire. I think so. From I'm... the Castlevania. It's not Castlevania. Sounds familiar, but I, no, it's not Castlevania. But it's that, you know, branch of D&D. Yeah. Uh, so he could be a vampire. We don't know. Okay. Also, we also we don't know the full terms of this key exchange. It could have been Rolex for the key and daily dry cleaning. Dry cleaning. Yeah. There you go. Uh, what really sets Bill off, though, sets the alarms off in his head, is that he gets back to his home to pack for a life of keeping mobile, and he chooses to pack Armani shirts and fancy shoes. What kind of function would this have in the zombie apocalypse, especially on a boat? Uh, I don't. Maybe that's all he's got. I mean, if you're packing for a boat, it's essentially swims. You need swimsuits, flip flops, flip flops, and a couple t-shirts, tank tops, probably. Yeah. So you know, if you have Armani suits and stuff, you're good to go. Like you, those mm-hmm. can be reduced to flip flops, and you're but right. you can't go tear, the other way. Tear the sleeves out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, better to have the Armani Fancy and not shoes. need it than to need the Armani and not have it. <laughs> you're right. Because you can still go swimming right. in your Armani suit. I live by that rule. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I have no Armani, so. <laughs> Uh, uh, and finally, and I think this is, this is a good point. If he was some rich doomsday prepper ready for this, why isn't Abigail a sailboat instead of a luxury yacht that will run out of gas? And I know you're going to like this one. Yeah. With your affinity for sailboats. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. Because you can, point of fact, you can buy, they're ugly as shit, but you can buy really big cruising sailboats. Three master, like that's, that's still got really? the diesel engine, so you can still power and go uh, wherever you want, but you can also set sail. Yeah, dual purpose. Uh, but I, you know, yeah. I don't know. He I, says to me, I feel like that the first. So here's the thing: if you can live long enough to zombie apocalypse, um, ha, there's ain't going to be an ample supply of gasoline and diesel, especially diesel, immediately after the zombie apocalypse. So you yeah. can you can always get a you know an armada of sailboats and other an things. armani of. An Armani. You can get an Armani of sailboats to refuel uh, the thing or act as it is like a floating fortress that you sail your pirate fleet from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can always upgrade, but like maybe you don't want to beat up into the wind, into the eye of the wind and tack and do all that bullshit. You just want to set sail and go. Sure. Not maybe. set sail, put the throttle to the bulkhead and go. 
Uh, all right. It says to me, it looks like his goal is not to find a group to help him survive, but to have people to take somewhere to serve some unknown purpose. I feel like I feel we'll like see. he need maybe he needs him as crew because like you know maybe. running a ninety footer you seems like you can't do that single handed. That yeah, that's a big boat. That's a big boat. You certainly couldn't sail a ship of that size no. single handed. You'd need like tons of crew. So maybe yeah. he just needs his junky crew. <laughs> I guess so. And Nick was the only one he cared. He to has have a supply on of heroin, and that's how he'll control them. Like, money means nothing in this world. He's going to control them with his Armani suits and his piles of heroin. Get them all addicted to heroin. That's not hard to do. That's really not hard to do. Just a couple of tastes and Mm -hmm. boom. All right. That's it. That's all we got. All right. Well, uh, watching dead at ballmove.com, forums.ballmove.com. If you want to get in on a feedback for the upcoming goodness, we hope, that is The the Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm excited. Walking Dead classic. I'm ready. Same great taste and formula. Mm, it's grimy. It's grimesy. All right. Anything else they can do? Find uh, us on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff, forums. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. All that. Also, the Q&A thing. If you want to ask us why the fuck are we doing the Fear of the Walking Dead when you hate it so much, we haven't heard that before. Also, the uh, Matt Damon banner. Don't forget Matt Damon. about the Matt Damon we gotta banner. We got to have the Matt Damon banner. God damn it. God, God damn it. Damon. I don't know where I was going with that. Matt Damon. We need it. We need it. We need it in our life. All right. Didn't even know how bad we needed it until we saw it. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of you are going to probably stick around for The Walking Dead. So if you're not, see you next year, maybe. Who knows? Hey, we got cool stuff. We got The Leftovers started up this weekend. I thought it was a fantastic episode um, that we're going to have fun talking about here in a bit. Uh, We got Fargo coming back next week. Me and Cecily are launching the American Horror Story podcast for the Hotel Edition this week as well lots of lots of cool stuff coming down the pike if you don't like walking dead you want to jump off it there's a lot of good stuff coming down indeed and then the calendar starts over again who knows it always does does what we'll have all right see you guys later yep bye-bye